Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Happy New Year. Great to have you with us with Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis and Matthew Rocchio. I'm Randy Carricker and uh, CD. First of all, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, sir. Good to have you with us. And we come to you this morning after potentially tragic event in Monday Night Football. The game not completed. Bill Safety, DeMar Hamlin collides with T. Higgins in what was a football play that we've seen thousands and thousands of times. And if you haven't seen the highlight yet, you will. Uh, As Hamlin got up, immediately fell down, and as was revealed after midnight last night while you were sleeping, uh, Hamlin did suffer cardiac arrest. He has apparently been stabilized, but he is in critical condition at UC Medical Center in Cincinnati. Kerry, you're a former pro football player, a former college football player, a former high school football player, your high school coach. You have a son that plays football. And I just want to uh, I want to get your thoughts as we start the morning about what you watched last night. Um, I said this earlier to you. It was a a normal play with an abnormal result. And the thing that, um, you know, just watching all of his teammates cry on the sideline and, and kind of go through the, the range of emotions that they went through was, was difficult for me to watch. I, I began crying watching this because as a football player, we know when people get hurt, you know, you get banged up, you get hit. Sometimes you have a head injury. But I was telling you yet, uh, earlier today that when those things happen, normally the player is able to talk and communicate. And I would assume in this situation there was no communication being had, no response being had, which is why they had to administer CPR. And as a as a as a former player, as a coach, as a father uh, of a son that plays this violent and vicious sport, it, it scares you. I mean, and and, and this is not a normal result. I mean, it was a it was a clean play. There was nothing dirty about it. You know, T Higgins didn't do anything wrong. It was just one of those things that happen in lives in in our in in some people's lives and and you know, the response, I will say this, I will take my hat off to all of the uh EMTs, the doctors, the everyone that was there to administer any help that that young man needed in that moment. They were swift, they were quick, they were to the point. They got out there and they were able to help him um and and at least get him back to a, a, a situation where he was breathing. And for me, you know, those people get the, the the majority of the credit, get all the credit for, you know, like I said, their swiftness and their ability mm-hmm. to go out there and help them. But it was a scary situation, man. It, it, it was a situation, like I said, I, I was in tears just watching and couldn't stop crying. I couldn't turn it off 
because I'm hoping for some type of update, something that will give me, you know, some type of clue as to how how well he's doing or if he's doing better. Uh, and we still don't have any news, and hopefully the news comes soon. But you know, our prayers and thoughts are, are with him, his family. Um, and 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 I'm on a rant right now. I know Randy, but this is one of those things where you know I tell my players to get up, get off of the ground, and this is why. Because if your parents are watching, if you have family uh, watching, I, I am a a a a I'm <laughs> adamant in telling them, if you are not that hurt, get up, sit up. Because from the sideline, from the stands, no one knows how bad the injury is. And so, um, obviously, this situation was, 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 was horrifying and it was scary and it was, it was so fearful for all of his teammates and all of the fans that were there. Um, you know, you just hope and pray that he's okay. But to, to have to go through that, to have to watch that as a teammate, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, how hard it was for those men on that field. And... We talked last week. It's it's interesting that we had the conversation last week about how you football players are modern day gladiators mm-hmm. and enjoy it and would even the guys that have been had their bodies ravaged would go back and do it again. And you use the term a vicious and violent sport, but these guys are going to come out and play again next week. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the mindset. And it, it's not. I mean, this is what we do for a living. You know, you and I sit here and talk on the radio right now for a living, and that's that's how we how we feed our families. As a football player, that's how you feed your family. That's how you feed yourself. And it is it is it is a violent sport at times. And like I said, that play in particular would not give you a reason to feel like, oh, that was a, a mm-hmm. awful. We've seen, we saw a much harder hit from Derwin James the following the the, the previous week um, when he hit the Colts receiver in the flats. That was a much more violent hit that caused both parties to have what looked like concussion issues. This was not that. And so you don't know what caused it. I mean, he, he looked like he took the blow directly to the chest. And watching him stand up and then fall back down, you know, those are those are scary situations. I, I had a teammate, you know, Ryan Clark has had his his story has been out for for a number of years. I was on the team when he when we played in Denver. And I forgot that the plane that he was on the plane. I think we thought it was cramps. You know, sometimes your body cramps up to the point where you have to. Gatorade ain't gonna get it done. Water ain't gonna get it done. A banana ain't gonna get it done. You got to go get an IV. So I think maybe I thought it was it was his body was locking up and he was cramping up and they had to rush him to the hospital. And then you find out, oh, this is severe. And you watch your teammate, you know, go through all of the the, the struggles that he went through. He lost forty pounds. He he looked wow. like a totally different person. And but that's after the game. Mm-hmm. That's something that takes place after the game. It's not right there on the field in the moment. And that to me is probably one of the most scariest things you can witness as a football player. And like you said, Randy. These guys got to strap it up. They went home to Buffalo. They got to strap it up next week and go out there and play again. And, you know, still not knowing all, all the all the information about their teammate and their brother, that for me is a, is a difficult task. And that's the most important thing is, is the human being yeah. and ma- making sure that he is uh, first and foremost in everybody's mind. And I was really proud of Joe Buck last night. Uh, because they, they went to a couple of commercial breaks and they, they kept coming back and they were talking about football. And at one point, Joe said, who cares? Right. right? The, the yeah. football part of this doesn't matter. But and there will be explanation and debate throughout the day about how the NFL handled everything. I do think at the end of the day, the NFL got it right yeah. by canceling the game yeah. and them not playing another down after he was there. Hurt. There was no way. If you watched 
I mean, both sides, not just the Bills players. Mm-hmm. You watch the Bengals players. They're both. No one has ever seen anything like that, Randy. I, I've been watching football. I've been a part of football. I'm 41, 20, 30 years now, 30 years that I've been watching football games, involved in football games, and I've never seen CPR administered on a football field to a football player. I, I have not. You know, I think about Hank Gathers, mm-hmm. who I collapsed, thought about that last night, uh, and, and 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 ended up eventually passing away. Those are the the. But that was in the early ninety one. Yep. Was that ninety one? Yeah, right. yeah, that, that that happened so long ago that you those things are not in your fresh in your memory. And so, you know, as a football player, I'm just imagining. You know, watching that situation, I'm sure they had to cut the jersey off, cut the shoulder pads off just to administer the CPR. And it was for those teammates that were standing around watching that. You can see the reaction from them as all of this was taking place. And for me, that that has to be one of the hardest things to watch as a teammate, to watch your brother on the field, not able to get up on his own. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. And we have a new text line as we start 2023. And you just want to put this in your phone. I'm going to tweet it right now. The number is 314-399-9646, 314-399-9646. That's the new number for the Air Comfort Service text line. And we'll give you that throughout the course of the morning. But the old text line, unfortunately, doesn't work. The Blues yesterday announced that they're going to miss their two veteran free agents uh, for at least four weeks in the case of Vladimir Tarasenko and six weeks in the case of Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko with a hand, O'Reilly with a foot. And the Blues have called up Jake Neighbors to play on a wing as they take on Toronto tonight in Toronto. They also have called up Nikita Alexandrov because Logan Brown is out. And I thought this was interesting, Kerry. Doug Armstrong, meeting with the media yesterday, said, that they're playing as such a team in Springfield that it's an ideal place for young players like Neighbors and Alexandrov to be. He said it's not ideal to play in St. Louis. And I asked him why. Uh, I just think we, we don't we don't defend well. We don't our, our team game isn't to the level that that allows younger players to be incorporated. You know, if, when you have a strong team game, uh, it's it's easy to play a strong team game. Uh, defending is a mindset, and when that and that that's the mindset that they have down in, at the American Hockey League right now, that they do all the little things well. Right now, again, you just have to look at our our goal differential. You have to look at our scoring chances, like the grade A scoring chances we give up. It, it's a hard game for a young player to play because you're you're under stress all the time, and until we until we're not under stress. Uh, as, as a team, it's going to be a difficult uh, group to play play with and play for. Difficult group to play with and play for for <laughs> young players. When Army made the coaching change in 2018, going from Mike, Mike Yo to Craig Berube, he referred to the players as independent contractors. He said, that's our problem. We aren't playing as a team. Without saying they were independent contractors there, he said they were independent contractors. Uh, is he saying that they're playing the game the wrong way? Yeah. Essentially saying the the way that they're playing in the minors is the way we should be playing, and it's going to be hard for these young men who are who are accustomed to playing the game the right way to come up here and play the game the wrong way. It's going to be hard for them to adapt and to adjust. Um, that was interesting. That was an interesting soundbite to 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 hear uh, that basically we're not playing well enough and we're not playing the game the right way. And and the younger guys that are accustomed to doing it right are going to struggle because yeah. we're doing it all the way wrong. Yeah, so it's it's really troubling. And the Blues 
hopefully they'll get Tarasenko back in a month, and hopefully they'll get O'Reilly back in six weeks because with those two specifically, their contracts are up at the end of the year, you would like to have Vladdy play a month before the trade deadline. You'd have to like to have O'Reilly for a couple of weeks before the trade deadline hits. Yeah. That's the most important thing for the Blues right now is maximizing their assets. I mean, if they if they are unable to to get those games in or they are they are unhealthy are they still trade uh are they still tradable they're eligible they, they, and i would think, i mean i mean i know they're eligible what's their, what's their value what's their value yes i think that's going to be really hard now wow. these are obviously injuries broken bones that you know how long it takes yeah. to come back from them but if you're a team and you get all the middle medical information, but you don't know how a guy wants to play with injuries and you don't know if Tarasenko will be, if you can't grip the stick like yeah. you used to, how, how different will it be? If you have a, a bad foot, if you're O'Reilly and it's just a little bit sore, he was already scuffling in terms of his speed is losing another half step going to affect him dramatically as he tries to play defense? O'Reilly took a shot off of the leg. Is that when it, That's is what that it was? What, but he kept Locked playing. He played the rest he of the game. He played the rest of the rest game. game. Yeah, he's a hockey player. Yeah, he's a tough guy. Yeah, he sure is. So the Blues will play Toronto tonight, and we'll have the pregame for you at 5 o'clock here on 101 ESPN. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Matthew is here. And coming up, we've got three things we loved about the weekend on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's Tuesday on the heels of New Year's weekend. Carrie, Randy, and Matthew with you. And it's time for three things we loved about the weekend. Number three. CD. Randy, one of the things, I know I, I, I rag on bowl season often, mm. but one of the things that you, you that I do enjoy is when you get matchups of teams that normally don't play each other. Powerhouse matchups. Teams that, that name brand matchups. So you get a, a Florida State playing versus an Oklahoma, and you get a young man named Johnny Wilson who is a 6'7 wide receiver, transferred from Arizona State. Just a, a large human being uh, that catches football footballs, made a, a, a huge one-handed catch, had eight receptions for 202 yards, dropped a pass uh, that would have been a 50 or 60-yard touchdown, but had an outstanding game. And he had this to say about opposing coaches and DBs. When teams do that, do you kind of feel like challenged a little bit? And um, did you feel that tonight? Um, I don't know. I just it's like if you you put your corners and you know and man against me I just feel like you know your coach doesn't really respect you <laughs> I love that he is saying your coach doesn't respect you he doesn't love you he's not a friend of yours he's actually an enemy if he puts you in man to man versus me he must be crazy and has not watched enough film to watch me run past people I'm 6'7 I'm a large human being that only needs one hand to catch footballs I'm pretty awesome and your coach is not that to me was one of the best sound bites and one of the best things that I saw over the weekend that's fantastic I, I love it CD there is a, an American company. We've got one here in St. Louis, another one on the way that just does things right. It's the perfect business plan, and it's Top Golf. We went to New Year's Eve Top Golf, and it was a great experience. Uh, their service is great. Their plan is great. The game is fun. The food is great. And my family takes me there for Father's Day and for my birthday every year, and we always have a good time, and people that aren't golfers can actually play well enough to beat the people <laughs> who go out and actually take the time to practice now and then. 
that happened the other night too. But it was just a fun atmosphere. So con- congrats to the people at, at Top Golf. Very rarely does somebody hit on something that is an ideal business plan. Uh, at least something that is public that everybody goes to, and I think Top Golf has nailed it. Top Golf is pretty awesome. It's a place that you say, and people can enjoy. Even if you're not a golfer, you can go and have fun. You can try to hit the ball. You you can do so many things: have entertainment, listening to the music, eating the food, and just having a good time. And you're not just sitting around. You're you're actually being active. Top Golf is a a spectacular place to to enjoy a, an outing with family and friends. And by the way, I was watching the games too. You can yeah, watch yep. whatever you want there. Yep. Pretty cool. Number two. Well, Randy, I, I don't know if you saw this. You probably saw this. You see everything. The the Pittsburgh Steelers in Baltimore mm-hmm. picking up a huge win on a last-minute touchdown pass from one Kenny Pickett to one Najee Harris. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I have been saying this for a while. This young Pittsburgh team is, is on the ascend. They are young, and it is something to keep in mind. They have a young quarterback. They have a young core. But they are a team that if you can go into Baltimore, obviously minus Lamar Jackson and not having him there, but the defense is still there. If you can go into, in, into Baltimore and win that game, um, those are the games that, that win you divisions eventually and win you uh, playoff spots and, and get you the momentum to, to have success in the playoffs. And for me, seeing that win, it reminded me of uh, a Santonio Holmes pass that he caught to win the game in Baltimore. Antonio Brown caught one to win the game in Baltimore. This is <laughs> what we do. Pittsburgh goes into Baltimore. It's going to be a slugfest, but we're going to come out victors. And for me, that was an awesome, awesome win. They're the only team in the league that has gone through the entire season and will go through the entire season with their entire offensive line starting every single game as a combo unit. And you tell me because you know better than me, but in my opinion, having watched a lot of football, I would rather have a group that starts every game together than seven or eight talented guys that really don't play well together and haven't meshed. Definitely. You want those guys, if they can stay healthy and stay, there's a rhythm to playing with the guy next to you when you're an offensive lineman. Knowing, you know, his calls and how he's going to play or protect this certain this certain rush. You understand how they're going to move and what they're going to do and you become more comfortable and the fact that they've been able to play the entire season without having any injuries is just going to allow them to continue to get better for this season, last game, and then going into next season. I remember talking to, remember Wayne Gandy was the first left tackle yeah. when the Rams yep. moved here? And I don't even remember who the left guard was, but I was talking to Wayne about the nonverbal communication. And he was telling me, and I never realized this, that you nonverbally communicate by the tone of your grunt. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yep, right. Get over here. <laughs> and everybody, if you're a tackle and a guard, you, you just have it. You, you know you it. You understand. If, if it. you play enough together, yeah. that comes as part of it. It definitely is. Oh, I forgot about mine. Yeah, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, CD, I mentioned that we watched the games over at Topgolf. Man, yeah. the the semifinal games in college football. TCU 51, Michigan 45. I was rooting for Michigan because I'm a Dan Deardor fan, and I know Dan was rooting for Michigan. But to see the underdog come out on top when I don't have any real personal emotional involvement, it was a really fun game to watch. Yeah. It was amazing. And then the nightcap. Because I just wanted to uh, witness the explosion of the heads of Ohio State fans. I was rooting for Georgia, and it couldn't have happened any better than to have Ohio State miss a kick at the end. But this is what we all wanted with the college football playoff, and the two games couldn't have been any better, especially when I, I said to Brett McMurphy the other day, I said, 
my disrespect for, for TCU is totally a product of my perception of them. Right. And the perception that I had was completely wrong about them. They're tough, man. Yeah, if you run the ball the way that they did, uh, DeMarcado ran the ball for 200-plus yards, mm-hmm. I believe. They, they, they took it to Michigan, and... That's not what you expected. You expected Michigan to be able to control the clock, be able to run the ball, you know, at T- TCU and run through them, and they weren't unable to. And it was it became a shootout. But honestly, TCU was the more physical they team, were. which no one would have expected going into that game. I thought, and it wasn't a second guess; it was a first guess. I thought that when. Michigan didn't kick the field goal and then tried the little reverse pass on their very first series. I thought that's not Harbaugh. They're, yeah. they're getting away from their yeah. identity. You kick, you take the points, right? Yeah. In you, that you situation, and they they had a couple of instances. Obviously, the touchdown that was called back, and then you mm-hmm. fumble on the next right. play. People will say, "Oh, they got you know." You still were on the one yard line. You should be able to score. Um, I do think it was a touchdown though. So it, it, it's you know six in one hand, half a dozen yeah. in the other. Um, but they are they are a team that. They just got out physical. And, and yeah. I said, DiMercato, the team had 200 yards. Uh, the running back had 150, 150 yards rushing on 17 carries. They took it to the the, the Michigan Wolverines. And as I, I tell you this, there's a, a point where it was a long run late in the third or fourth quarter that I think is the, the run that eventually broke Michigan. You can just see it happening. Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful sight to see when you are running the football at people and they, they eventually break. Um, that, that to me, was the, was one of the best things I saw on the weekend as well. By the way, that, that linebacker number 13 for, I don't even remember his name for TCU. Talk about a brick wall. Yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> yikes. But you're right, teens are bad numbers for linebackers. Yeah. <laughs> Number one. Randy, I saw this on Friday uh, after we got done with work. It was Friday afternoon. It was it was one of the most amazing things that I saw. As a gentleman, I was at the gym. I go to the to the YMCA. The YMCA mm-hmm. allows us to, to work out there uh, for a discounted rate. So it ain't free. It's me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a gentleman there with a shirt that said, I am not old. I was born in 1937. <laughs> And it was this gentleman got under the bar on the bench press, the just the bar, took it off the rack himself and did and commenced to do 25, 20 to 25 reps of the bar. So to this 85 year old man that was at the YMCA on Friday afternoon, Friday night, sir, you are the best thing that I saw this weekend because that was absolutely amazing to be 85 years old, to get under the bar and do it yourself, not need a rep, not need a spot, uh, a spot. And and full a full work that it wasn't just one rep, right? I mean, it wasn't just one set. He did multiple sets of that rep of those of those weight of that of those reps, and I was absolutely blown away. And it just gave me inspiration to keep working because he's 85 and I'm 41, and I I got 40 more years to go clearly of working out to stay in shape to keep doing what I need to do. That's awesome. That was absolutely amazing him. to me. Yeah. When I'm supposed to be 85, I'll be under, but it'll be like six feet (laughs) rather than under a bar. (laughs) Good for him, though. That's awesome. Carrie, my number one is that we used to have the 1999 Denver Broncos. The 1999 Denver Broncos lost 10 games. The 1998 Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl. Mm. Until this year, 
do we have a team that eclipses that Broncos record of 10 losses for a defending Super Bowl yeah. champ? Congratulations to the L.A. Rams. Yes. They set a record that's going to be really hard to beat. 11 losses for a defending Super Bowl champion. Sean McVay, Stan Kroenke, Kevin Demoff, Les Snead. Congratulations to you Good because you did something that's never been done before. Good for them. Yeah. Good for the Rams. Yeah. A positive note for the for the weekend. Oh, I, I would think so. And not only that, <laughs> Kerry, but if you look to the future, 11 might be conservative for them in the next few years. It might be. Yeah. It might be 12 lost teams. Yeah. Having 12 doesn't sound awful. <laughs> or it does, but you know, whatever. Hey, it's we know Rams. a lot of it. We know a lot of 11 hey, and 12 loss Ram teams. Oh, God. Yeah. Was there a lot of 11 12? I feel like they get, they really found that 13 lost sweet spot yeah. a couple of those. There was a couple 4 and 12s, yeah, weren't four there? 4 and 12. Yeah, was yeah. there any 11? Were there any 5, five and 11? A few 5 and 11s, yeah. yeah. I felt like 3 and 13 was like a magic number for them. 2 and yeah. 14, woof. That's, yeah. That was that a special team. 15. You, know, you got some things going on if you're, if you're losing 12 games in a year. Yeah, <laughs> and they play Seattle on Sunday. So uh, good go, go Seahawks, yeah. Good job. So those are three things we loved about the weekend here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, four downs from Week 17 in the NFL. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. All right, time for four downs from the National Football League. First down. Right now, I'm going to go with a team that we probably haven't talked about all season, and for good reason. They are the worst team in the NFL. They are guaranteed the number one pick in the Houston Texans. Mm. And the Houston Texans finish, well, right now are 2-13 are and 13 with one more game left to play. If you are a, a Houston Texans fan, I would I would offer you this, um, I, I guess, to give you a good good wealth for the new year, good good hope for the new year, Bryce Young. Quarterback from Alabama will be is is has declared himself eligible for the draft, and if you are the Houston Texans, that should be the pick you're looking at because that young man can play some football. Now there are there are some other quarterbacks. I know you like the the kid from Kentucky. Is it Will Levis? Yeah, that, I, but I like Stroud a lot. You too. like C.J. Stroud as well, especially after the performance he had mm-hmm. um, this weekend. But I think if you all of those guys, I think. Uh, uh, Bryce Young is one of the better ones of of the options that are available. And if you are the Houston Texans, in need of a quarterback, in need of a lot of things, I would say, but in need of a quarterback to run that franchise, Bryce Young is the one you should be looking at and potentially could help you start putting this thing in the right direction. My only concern about him is his size. I, I love his ability. I love his throwing arm. I love his winning nature. Uh, his pedigree. The only thing I'm concerned about is is if he's really five ten. I'm I'm still concerned about short quarterbacks, and Kyler Murray has, has exacerbated yeah. my concern. I, I agree. I, I, Jalen Hurts is not a he's a about six one. Uh, yeah, then he's, he's about two two twelve. He's a little bit bigger. Yeah, a little, a little more sturdy. Yeah, I, I, Bryce Young can sling it. Yeah, he and, can. And, and, and if you can keep him protected, you might have a chance to to do some things. Uh, for that, for that franchise. Kerry, one of the great things about the NFL is that everybody is supposed to have an equal chance, even though if you're a Cardinal fan or a Lion fan or a Browns fan, you probably don't think that. But we have a very good chance of having nine of the same playoff teams as last year. In the NFC, the Rams will be replaced by the Niners and the Cardinals will be replaced by the Vikings. Otherwise, that's all set. The Packers will win, right? The Packers right. are going to win at home against Detroit and, and they're going to be in. So five of the seven NFC teams from 
from last year are going to be in. In the AFC, the Ravens are going to be in, and the Steelers need some things to happen, right, yeah. to, to be in. Patriots will probably be back in. The Jaguars might replace the Titans, and that would be the only change in the AFC South. And the Chargers replace the Raiders. So in the AFC, you might have four of the seven. You might have nine of the 14 playoff teams from last season back in the playoffs this year. That tells me that teams like the Houston Texans, and they have a road to to climb, a hill to climb. But other teams around the league just aren't getting an awful lot better. Yeah, the, I mean, you you look at the it's top heavy teams that are are really good generally stay really good, and it, it starts with the quarterback position. I think if you look at all of those franchises that you spoke of, there is stability at the quarterback position, and generally when you are struggling to make the playoffs, this is a, a new time, a new era where where if you don't have that guy under center, you aren't going to be able to make the playoffs or make a run into the playoffs for a potential championship. You got to have one of those guys and and the teams, the New York Jets who who just got eliminated. They don't have that guy. They're still struggling to find that guy. The New England Patriots are are right there on the cusp, but they're struggling to find mm-hmm. that guy as well. So when you are a, a team on the ascend, you have one of those guys look and at, if you don't, you you you're, you're going to be you're going to be in trouble. Two of them. L- look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right? Yeah. There's a guy on the ascent. And look at the Niners. Yeah. Who last year when they lost, uh, well, they only lost Garoppolo for a time, but they were uh, a playoff team. But when you look at what Brock Purdy has delivered for them, it's given them another level. It has. And and so you, you have one of those guys, or, or you think you have one of those guys, you can have a, have an opportunity to make a run in the playoffs. And, and the 49ers, the way they play defense, I know they didn't play well, uh, potential, particularly well against the Raiders the other day, but... All in all, they're usually a, a sound defense and don't allow many points. I'm not worried about them. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be either. Second down. Well, second down? This is, this, uh, he did his. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Third down. There we go. Yeah, third. <laughs> um, so, the Philadelphia Eagles, Randy, we talked about this last week. They are one game, one game left, as are the Dallas Cowboys. If they lose and the Cowboys win, they can flip-flop and potentially be not the number one seed and not be the, the winners of the NFC East. There is, and, and we talked about this last week with the Titans playing the, the Cowboys on Thursday night. The importance of playing the Cowboys starters and allowing them to win that game because it puts pressure on the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles are, are Jalen Hurts has missed a couple of games. He's been injured. And now you are in a position where you may have to run him out there even if he's not 100% healthy because the Cowboys are putting so much pressure on you as a team to, for this number one seed and for the for the division uh, crown. I don't know what you do if you're the Eagles if he's not healthy. I think you have to play him because essentially if you don't, you're, 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 you're going to potentially put yourself in a mm-hmm. situation where you don't have a bye the following week. You play him, let him see if he's, he's able to get this win for you all. And hopefully doesn't get too banged up, doesn't get too injured, and he has a week off the following week. But the pressure that the Cowboys are putting on the Philadelphia Eagles is is absolutely amazing because, you know, six weeks ago we wouldn't have said this. We wouldn't have thought that this was would be a close to a real thing, and it's right here right now for us. It's remarkable. And fourth down. Kerry, there is one team that is in playoff spot, and they're very happy to be there because they haven't been since 2016. And that's the New York football Giants who play Philadelphia this weekend, correct? Mm. And they, they don't have to play anybody because they're locked in yeah. at 9-6-1. Daniel Jones didn't have his option picked up, all right? Daniel Jones has, has played every down for them, every meaningful down. 
on Sunday against the Colts. He goes 19 of 24 for 177, a couple of touchdowns, no picks. Uh, He rushed for 91 yards on 11 carries. He led a team that has Saquon Barkley in rushing. And Daniel Jones has been a linchpin quarterback. He's thrown for 3,200 yards. He's got 15 touchdown passes. He's only got five interceptions. His numbers aren't electric, but they are exactly what Brian Dayball has asked for. And I don't think that the Giants are going to do any better than what they got from this guy this year. He's throwing to people named Richie James and Darius <laughs> Slayton and Isaiah Hodges. He's gotten, gotten nothing out of Kenny Galladay. Yeah. They traded Kadarius Toney. Uh, Wandale Robinson has been hurt all year. You compare the weapons that he's been throwing to to the weapons that Jalen Hurts has been throwing to, there is no comparison. I think Daniel Jones has earned a new deal and a level of respect, I would hope, from the Giants. There is that Daniel Jones is going to get franchised and he is going to be on the Kirk Cousins program for the next few years. And and it's not what the what the the Giants wanted. They I'm sure they they expected him not to play perform well. Mm-hmm. They expected them to not make the playoffs, but here you are. He's going to make the playoffs. He's in the playoffs and this team they probably get knocked out in the first round. I, I mean that I we don't so. we don't expect much from them, but if you're if you're Daniel Jones, you definitely secured yourself another year from this franchise because they're going to have to they probably won't sign him to a long long-term deal because they 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 don't feel comfortable with that but franchise tag potentially yeah. that for him and that's guaranteed money for the following season we should note that he's run for 708 yards 5.9 per carry and has seven touchdowns too so he's a dual threat quarterback he's done a very good job for them surprisingly yeah good for the giants and good for daniel jones that is four downs from nfl week 17 coming up get your texts into our new text line and Somebody's got the new text line here, right? Uh, Come on. It's 314-399-9646. Get ready for that. Just save that one in your phone. 101 ESPN text line. And we want to hear from you next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Gary, Randy, Matthew with you on 101 ESPN. Time for your text, 65780. And the new text line number here at 101 ESPN is 314-399-9646. 314-399-9646. We want to have you participate with us. So just save that in your phone on the 101 ESPN text line. Put it right there at the top, 101 ESPN, so that you can text us at 314-399-9646. I have tweeted to that number, by the way. And I'm sure these gentlemen will be happy to retweet it as well so that you don't have to be listening in your car for 314-399-9646. All right, CD, the Blues start the month missing Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly. They'll spend the month without Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly. Take it or leave it, by February 1st, we will think that the Blues are out of the playoff race. Uh, I'm going to take it. I I think, you know, having those two guys out for the next... 30 to 45 days is going to give you a clear picture 
of what this team is. And and Randy, I, it's funny how the, the the world works and how how the stars align. Sometimes we have been talking about this team potentially not playing with those guys, you know, next season, and and you know what it would look at the trade look like at the trade deadline if if they were to you know go go their separate ways. You get a chance to see what this team is. Obviously, you're not you're not getting what you would get in a return uh, for a trade just yet. But you get to see what this team is without those te- those two guys on the on the ice. Whether it's fortunate or unfortunate, this team has to figure out how to play um, and how to play the right way. We listened to the cut from from earlier. You know they're not playing the right way right now, and so maybe they get a chance to get back into doing some of the things the, the way that their coach is doing them and has to be done. And by the way, Jeremy Rutherford at The Athletic talked to several NHL scouts and uh, general managers, personnel from around the league, and they seem to believe that the Blues can get number one picks in exchange for O'Reilly and Tarasenko. Even now? Well, I don't know about now after okay. yesterday, but uh, th- they were rated high on the Athletic's trade target list. Both, and I think they'll have to just come back and play. But if they can prove they can play coming off of broken bones, I would think that their value will be pretty substantial. To, to be able to get a defenseman, or a defensive center at least, that can shut down the likes of McKinnon and McDavid, those are rare. Yeah. And you need them if you're going to win in the Western Conference playoffs. And there are going to be teams that need a goal scorer come playoff time. And Vladdy, if, if nothing else, we know he can score in the playoffs. I, understand. I agree with that. Randy, the Golden State Warriors have won five in a row. Klay Thompson put up 54 last night in a double overtime win. They're four and a half games out of first place. As poorly as they've played, the West, the Western Conference has not been, you know, elite as it has been in the past few years. Take it or leave it. When Steph returns, they will close that four-game gap and be be top two or three within the next month or so after his return. I will take that. I don't have a ton of faith in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I still think Denver is good, but not great. Uh, I just I'm like you. They beat I, I, Memphis head to yeah, head without right. Curry, Curry and and Wiggins. Yeah, and, and Memphis is a good team, but I don't think that they're better substantially. When Steph comes back, I don't think they're better than the Warriors are. So yeah, I'm going to take it because I don't think that the competition in the West is that great. I agree. All right, new text line. And the number 314-399-9646. Matthew, what do you got? Anybody got it yet? The text we, we have a couple coming in. They take, figured it out. Good. Take it or leave it. Still trust an army with the new injuries? Do you think the Blues are going to be able to turn, turn turn around or reset correctly? Oh. Do you still believe in army? Totally take it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why anybody wouldn't. I mean, have you paid attention for the last decade? Some people enjoy like some people enjoy being proven wrong, Randy. Well, that's. I mean. When Canada is hiring the guy to be their Olympic team general manager, doesn't that tell you anything? <laughs> give you should give you an idea. They know a little bit about hockey, right? A little bit. I mean, it's not him yeah. so does he. Cups, but uh, I, I, I'm telling you this right now, and I don't care if you're Al McInnes driving down the road. Doug Armstrong knows more about putting together a hockey team than you do. Hold on a second. If, if you are driving down the road. Doug Armstrong knows more about putting together a hockey team than you do. You tell me Doug Armstrong knows more about hockey and Joe Torre knows more about baseball. I'm just saying. Okay, fine. Yeah. If you uh, if you say so, take it or leave it. Jimmy Snuggerud is not only the best hockey name, but also the best prospect name the Blues have had since Petrangelo. 
Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, snug, snuggy. Snuggy. I where, own a blue snuggy. Is that is that what we're going with? Mm-hmm. Snuggy. I think that's his name. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe Snugs. Snug, I, do they I go, like Snuggy? Where do you go? Snuggy or Snugs? I like Snuggy. Ooh. I do too. Snuggy sounds a little. It, it it would give you the impression that he's soft and cuddly, and then he <laughs> yeah, should punch yeah. you in the face. Like right. that. That seems like a, a good hockey player. <laughs> snuggy over there. Snuggy punches people in the face for fun. Yeah. Okay. I like cool. It. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Take it or leave it. If Lamar leaves in the offseason, the Ravens end up as the worst team in the AFC North. Uh, I'll, I'll take it, it, but he's not leaving. No, he'll be a franchise player. Yeah, but, he's not leaving. Uh, I, you know what? I still think that they're better than Cleveland. Next year? Yep. I think Deshaun Watson figures whatever it is out that he has, uh, he's been struggling from. Uh, I mean, obviously not playing for two years is, is a struggle mm-hmm. in itself. A year, 18 months, I think it was, whatever that number is. He'll, he'll get better, but will they get better? I'm speaking of the Browns. I mean, it's still the Browns. Yeah. You have to you have to take – there's a, an aura. You know, sometimes there's a good aura around people. The Browns have like a stench to them. Yeah, I don't they know do. if you, they're Like the entire team. You, you, you go in that stadium, can, what's that smell? It's the Browns. And I know that you have grudging respect for the Ravens. They do things the right way. <laughs> I do. I respect the Ravens more, much more. Yeah. We, we don't like them, you know, but no. we respect them. They, but they, the they Browns, do it the right way. Just, the Ravens do it the right they way. They stink. If you're a Browns fan, I'm sorry. Yeah. Does anybody it's do a, a better life. job of drafting players and then just having them turn into really good guys than Baltimore does? They it's do a really good job. It, they're, they're really good Especially at it. Especially when Ozzy. Ozzy did an outstanding yeah, job of drafting. I have the taper my Ravens love when we can't stand that. Take it or leave it. If the, Car- the Cardinals do not get starting pitching before the season starts. I'm going to take that. Yeah, they aren't going to add anybody. This is going to be the group. We're when do they go to? When do they report? We're a month and a half away. It'll be. It's right around Valentine's Day. Oh yeah, they aren't well, going to add anything. Leave it. That's so sad because the very next take or leave it was the Cardinals sign a pitcher by January 15th. Yeah, I'm going to leave that. <laughs> <laughs> take it or leave it. The Cards have an early exit from the playoffs because they failed to secure pitching. Oh. well, it's hard to say because they secured pitching at the deadline last year. Mm-hmm. And actually, if they would have left this pitching that they had acquired in, they they had had a chance to advance. So I'm I'm going to defer <laughs> on that one. <laughs> I sorry, go ahead. no, I, I will I will I think they're gonna. What is it? Take it or leave it that they'll I, I leave it. They'll they'll make they'll they'll do well in the playoffs with the pitchers that they have, even if they don't sign anyone else. <laughs> even though we all wanted them to. Yeah, we did. And expected them to. I appreciate this one right here. It's just helpful for us. The new text number for 101 ESPN is 314-399-9446. Take it or leave it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. 314-399-9646. We need to come up with a word. It's going to take some people some time to, to yeah. figure that out. Yeah, we'll figure this out. I gotta, here, I haven't, I haven't done the whole, like, i gotta like, I got to, like, open up the phone part on my actual phone nine, and see, six, is there four, anything... Six. Nine six. Oh, this is gonna be the nine. Really? Oh, the, WXYZ. The nine really throws you off there, doesn't it? <laughs> um, we gotta figure this one out. This is gonna be t- this is gonna be toughy. This is gonna be. Uh, yeah, this is gonna be. Re- we'll this is gonna be toughy. Take it or leave it, Jack. Fl- take it or leave it. This would be a good year to bring. B- oh, sorry. It got it moved. Here we go. Take it or leave it. Jack Flaherty <laughs> does not resign with the St. Louis Cardinals. Take it. Really? Yeah. And take it. Jack Flaherty leaves as a free agent. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. And he gets a next ton season? of money. Ton of money. After next season, he's yeah. out of here. Yeah. Cardinals don't resign him. I don't think they do. Ah, oh, Randy. He's gonna get that Carlos Rodon deal. I'm telling you. He's all you have to do is have a good year. And Rodon's had two, but 
Flaherty is uh, it's not a great free agent class next year. All, all Jack has to do is pitch his capabilities, and he'll he'll be at a price point that the Cardinals are unwilling to pay. Let's put it that way. He'll reach their their puke point. So, so either he pitches the way they need him to, and therefore he's too good for them to sign, or he doesn't pitch again, and they finally just bail out of the experiment. Yeah, basically. Wow, that's that's not ideal. No, it's not. <laughs> the reality that, of the situation, though. That really sucks. It's it's very difficult to succeed in business when your payroll exceeds your income, hmm. or at home. You know, if, if you buy a house and a car, for example, where your payments for the house and the car are $16,000 a month mm. and you're making $5,000 a month. You're going to be in a hole. Pretty tough. <laughs> As Carrie said last week, the math. Just ain't math. There's a nickname, Snuggy Bear. Oh, like Snuggy Bear. Like, like Huggy Bear. Antonio Parker, I, I, Snuggy Bear, I think, is, is the one. Snuggy Bear is really good. What do you guys think of Zogo? <laughs> 399 Zogo. Z O G O. That's 9646. Uh, Yogo. Um, Yolo would have been awesome. It would have, yeah. <laughs> we just missed it. We just missed it. We Yo-ho. just missed it. Yeah, uh, let's uh, see. Yo-ho. Yo-ho. <laughs> Yo-ho. Yo-ho. Uh, the pi- Pirate Radio. Yeah, let's go. Let's see. Just roll right into it. Whoa. 399 Pirate Radio. Yo ho ho Yo ho ho That's too much fun with that Alright Yo ho ho Yo ho ho And a hot take Yeah I'm gonna have too much fun With this one now you shouldn't, you, this, is, this is like giving Randy A dad joke and I'm gonna I gotta get away Let's from work this. on this Yeah <laughs> we, got, we got things to Yeah we, we got things to work on here One last one Take it or leave it The better New York New Year's Eve dinner Steak and potatoes Or crab legs Steak and potatoes for me. I know people love their crab legs. Here's the thing. I, I, I love crab legs. I don't like to work for my food. I don't either. That's my like that's probably one of my 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 pet peeves about food. If, if I have to work really hard to get to it, yeah, it's amazing once you get there. If then now if the crab is taken out, if it's open and able to easily accessible, sign me up. But that and, and crawfish, crawfish are like like one of the worst I I don't want to offend I, anyone don't, from, don't, from. Don't you dare! It it, it is too much work for it's that really little, not, admit, it's really little amount of meat. You, you pinch, you go. It's you, you too pull. much Come work, on, buddy, for that little it, amount of. Did you say the same thing about peeling each shrimp? I I, I don't want to peel those either. Oh my god. Especially when you can buy them already peeled. I'll work work for seafood. When it comes to seafood, crustaceans, I'll work for seafood. I've accepted the fact that I'm gonna have to work for it. I'll work for it. I'll I'll sit there. I'll sit there with my knife and I'll get the I'll get the meat out of the out of the lobster leg. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, man. By the way, steak and potatoes, Randy Carricker, bulletin apparently official, fried over baked every single time. Give me tater tots. Mm. Give me American fries. Give me hash browns over a baked potato. Really? Yep. Every time. You're not a baked. See, I'm a baked potato guy. Uh-huh. I, I eat the skin. Like I eat the mm. I, I, the whole thing is gone. Uh-huh. There's never a time where you just want you want a little bacon bits, nah. some butter, yeah. a little sour cream, some chives. No, 100. You, you never want that combo. Yeah, I've never liked baked potatoes. Really? But I like fried wow. potatoes. Yeah. I will go to Wendy's and get a baked potato. So wait. So, yeah. so then, what are your thoughts about a loaded <laughs> French fry with cheese, bacon? 
child. Oh, man. I can see him taking that. That, that sounds like Hammers it. Right have you ever uh, gone over loaded the post tots. over here and had the loaded tots? God bless the They're post. I love the post. Yeah. Yeah. So lo- loaded tots are, are where it's at. But even like uh, the other night at uh, at Top Golf when I had my, my burger, it was uh, actually it was between fries and tots, but I went with tots. Mm. So hash browns, by the way, hash browns with sour cream. Mm. Really? Yeah. Never had it with sour cream. Make some hash browns, put some sour cream on top. Never Delicious. Had, never had that. Delicious. Six, not, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know the new text line, but I can I'm, tell you now, if you text into that text line, 314-399-9646, about sour cream on hash browns, we want to hear from you. Do yourself a favor. You ever want to make the best hash browns ever, look up a, look up something called a galette. You make It's like a potato cake. That's the best way to eat hash browns. Isn't that world. where the Patriots play? Uh, that's Gillette. I'm saying Gillette. <laughs> oh, okay. It's French. Okay. <laughs> it's the only good thing they've ever okay. given us. The fries. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Gillette Stadium, CD. <laughs> Coming up next, did the NFL do things right in last night's tragic, and it could have been a lot worse, but it was a tragic end to the game in Cincinnati. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And Carrie and Randy with you. And it's time for a fresh take. And Carrie, one of the things that's talked about this morning, and like I said earlier, I will give credit to at the end of the day to the NFL for making the announcement to not try to force players to play the game. But I thought it was interesting that it appeared as if the players were getting ready to play and then the two coaches, Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott, met and decided, you know what, we're going to take our players in. And then it took a long time, mm-hmm. like an hour at least, for the league to call the game. It's really not that big a deal because ultimately the game was right. called. But how did you think, what, what did you think of the way everything played out from a league perspective? Because I, to me, once I'm Roger Goodell sitting in my basement and I'm watching this game, and I know, I hear Joe Buck say that they've been applying CPR for the last two breaks, which is yeah. eight or nine minutes. And I see the looks on the players' faces. I'm making the phone call to cancel the game yeah. right away. I think if you're not there and not in the in the moment, you're not actually on that field, it probably was a little more difficult to make that decision. And, and essentially, the, the decision was made. It was the correct decision to make. Um, but I think the players and the coaches pretty much forced the hand. Like, they were not they were not in the right frame of mind to play. I mean, even T. Higgins, the guy that, that, that ran into to Hamlin, he didn't seem like he was in the right mind. And, and when you are a player, you understand – we all want to get up and go home after the game. That's our ultimate goal. We want to we want to hit you as hard as we can. You to bounce up. Yeah, I got you. Good mm-hmm. good hit. Oh, you got me. Good hit. But we all get to go home and and be with our family and with our friends. And I think that the NFL, you know, they saw what was taking place. 
obviously, if you're not on the ground, if you're not there, it's going to take you a little bit more time to receive the information and get all of the details as to what's going on. Um, so I think that could have been part of the delay as well. But I have no issue with the delay um, and with the, the ultimate ending of, of the game being called. should point out that the latest news that we have is that Bill Safety DeMar Hamlin is still in critical condition. Last night, he was put to sleep so that they could put a breathing tube down his throat, but his vital signs, according to his marketing representative, were back to normal. Uh, this question from the 720. CD, from a player's perspective, is there an acceptable way to make up last night's game without extending the season another week? I don't think so. And I think the, the the interesting thing is, you know, there were talks where, well, will they play the game today? You know, since it was last night, will they play? The Bills went home. The Bills are not flying yeah. back to Cincinnati, um, and, and nor should they be thinking about that. I, I, I think it's one of those things, one of those rare instances where, you know, neither team has a complete a number of games as, as the rest of the league just because of the, the horrific situation that happened last night. It's not something you plan for. It's not something that you expect, but it is something that took place and you have to uh, go about your business accordingly with, with the parameters of how, how things shook up last night. So it, it's football is, is, it's a game. It's a, it's the last thing on the Bills' mind. It's the last thing on the on the on the Bengals' minds. Even though both teams are right there to to win the division and potentially maybe have the first first uh, seed in the playoffs, that's the last thing on, on on their minds. It's more so about their teammate, about the guy that got injured, and and, and making sure that Hamlin is okay. And. This text from the 314, and I thought of this last night too. Last night's game reminded me of when Bo Meester had his event on the bench in Anaheim, and the same thing happened. It was a cardiac event that caused mm-hmm. Bo Meester to actually have to retire, but it was a regular season game in the middle of a hockey season where the Blues had the opportunity to make it up, and ultimately we wound up having the, the pandemic, and... The, the game, I think, was one of the last, maybe the last, the, the makeup game that the Blues played before uh, the, the season was stopped. But there was another situation with the Blues where Chris Pronger got hit in the chest mm-hmm. and his heart stopped on the ice in Detroit in a playoff game. And if I'm not mistaken, it was the very next game. And his mom was there, just like with DeMar Hamlin last night. And it was a really scary event. But I think Prongs played the next game. Mm. It was playoffs and he's a hockey guy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they even play when their heart stops. Yeah, I, for me, it was when you see a guy, I think, and I'm not a doctor. I'm, obviously, I wasn't in that situation. To me, it looked like the impact, as you said, with Pronger, the puck hitting in the right spot impacted the heart. I think the hit from T. Higgins could have impacted or, or, or threw off the rhythm of the heart yeah. and and forced him to, you know, have those issues. It's just, it, it's tough to 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 figure out how to go about it. I, I will say, I don't think, uh, I, I'm hoping that DeMar Hamlin is healthy and, and everything comes back, you know, on the positive side and everything is is okay with him. You know, for him, obviously for his life and, and potentially for his career if he's able to play again. But, you know, also for his teammates because mm-hmm. those guys were really shook up on, yeah. that, on that field. They were, it was one of the scariest things that I've ever seen as a football player, as a football coach, you know, as a former player. Just one of the scariest things is watching other people's reactions to what they're seeing in real time. And, and you know, it, it was tough for me to watch. And, and so, you know, I, I want him to be healthy first and foremost. Um, and I want them to to know that he's healthy 
so that they can return to doing what they love to do. But I know the most important thing for all of those men, coaches, staff, everyone in that building is to make sure that DeMar Hamlin is okay. And as they left the stadium last night, after midnight Cincinnati time, a lot of the players stayed back in Cincinnati and are there to support DeMar Hamlin. And here's one of the things that makes sports awesome is we all know that Bill's Mafia is arguably the most passionate and most generous fan base in mm-hmm. the country. And not only have they raised, was it 3.3 million 3. that 3 I said? Million, yeah. For his charity, but because so many Bills fans were on hand, they actually have gone and stayed vigil throughout the night at University That's of awesome. Cincinnati Hospital. Bills fans just to support yeah. and pray for DeMar Hamlin, which is, it's one of the things that makes sports great, is that they're, are a lot of people, a lot of people that are fans that really legitimately care about the person. There was a a, a, a picture of Tredavious White hugging one of the, the linemen, and it, it just the the what you see from I'm sure those two men, Tredavious is a, is a is a black man, the lineman was a big white guy, mm-hmm. he's a big white man from, and I don't know where they're where they're from, but. That's the thing that sports brings together is people from different backgrounds, different, you know, uh, political uh, uh, ideals and and understanding that we are all here for one thing. And in that moment, they were all there for their brother. And that was just the the thing that I think stood out most for me is is the love and admiration that you have for your teammate. You're around these guys more than you are your own family during the season. We are we are there from 7 a.m. To, to 5 p.m. and then sometimes till 8 or 9 p.m. if we're just hanging out watching film you know doing things or going to each other's houses and, and playing cards just just really spending time with one another um, and to have a guy go down and not be able to come back on the plane and not be able to come home with us is a, is a tough tough thing to, to swallow tough pill to swallow and when you're a good team there aren't clicks when you when you're a bad team. A lot of times there there's clicks and uh, either position groups or right. you know racial. It'll be separated racially. But when you're a good team, everybody is a brother. And like you talk about when guys would have players over for dinner. What you have 35, 45 guys, right? Yeah, you would. You guys would be over just hanging out. Yeah. You know, like I said, playing cards and and eating and just just really just chilling with one another outside of work and that's the thing that that makes it a brotherhood those are the things that you miss more than than the games or the practices you 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 love playing in the games but it's those times where you're hanging out with guys and and you know in the in the players lounge playing cards and talking crap to one another it's the those are the things that you remember the most did you read the story last week about what's happened with the chargers with going to a restaurant they go to a, a really a high profile restaurant every week and Khalil Mack pays for everybody really? and it just started out with the defense and it got so big that the offense started and <laughs> <laughs> Some of the other high-paid players are, are helping out now. But they have 40 guys, 45, awesome. 50 guys at a restaurant every Friday night. That and that awesome. team is getting together. And eventually it's going to wind up being the whole team. Everybody's going to show up, right? Those are the things well, that you you do as a team, as a good team. As I said, when we were in Pittsburgh, if it was 15, 20, 25 guys mm-hmm. at one place, you know, we were we were at a club. Where, where are we going? Okay, we're going here Friday night. Okay, we're going here, you know, Sunday night after the game. And, and it would be all of those guys would be there and and you would not find a place where you wouldn't find 15 20 Steelers in one place just hanging out and we'll be in different parts of the of mm-hmm. the place but we're all there together give me one Steeler that would pick up the tab 
Who was the guy? Ben did a pretty good did job. He? Ben Ben was a guy that that would would do an awesome job. I will tell you this: when whenever Troy decided to come out, oh, we could, you could shut it down. <laughs> if, if Troy came walking in, he would come you know, unassuming. But when Troy came in, every now and then, it, oh, shut it down. It's your, your order changed. Yeah, no. Well, oh, it, it was. Well, instead of the state, was, add the lobster. It was just Troy being there was was the fun. That's great. You know, just him yeah. hanging out with us because he was he was a true family guy. He was always with his wife and his kids, and you know, so he was him to come out. He and he did. He came out every now and then and hung out with us, which that, was that's awesome. Important. Yeah. So those are those are things that you remember. Yeah. By the way, one of the notes from the ESPN story, and you can read it at ESPN.com, is that young players that aren't making nearly as much money, and Khalil says, "It just order what you want. They're getting carried." Out bottles oh, yeah. of wine you, and stuff. You, you take it home. You, <laughs> yeah. you gotta play. play you gotta play this smart now. Take it home. Coming up next on 101 ESPN is what we saw Saturday night. What we're in for when the college football playoff expands. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I'm Randy Carricker, and it was a wild night of football on Saturday night in the college football semifinals. And, Kerry, first of all, if you would have told me that we would have had that many points in the semifinal games, I would have said absolutely no way. If you bet the over on both, congratulations. <laughs> TCU 51-45 over Michigan. Georgia 42-41 over Ohio State. And we've had some blowouts over the years in the college football semifinals, but this sets up for a really interesting championship game, first of all, between TCU and Georgia. I think, I wonder what the line is. We got to check the line early on for Georgia over TCU. But what everybody's thinking about this morning is what's this mean for a 12 team playoff? And we're going to have four teams that get a bye, and then the next eight are going to play against each other in the first weekend. If we can get action like that, man, college football can pass everything except the NFL, if it hasn't already, in terms of the postseason interest that it'll it'll develop. I think Georgia is favorite thirteen yeah, thirteen, um, and the over under is sixty two. So for the for the Georgia okay. TCU game. I'm betting the over there. Here's the thing: if you go to our, our favorite span, uh, our favorite sports book, you can get point, uh, half a point on both of those numbers right there now. You they go. have twelve and a half right now as the line, and they have sixty two and a half right now as the over unders. So you can go ahead and pick up a half point, half point there. Hmm. Well, I, I know which way you wanted it. Right, I think that Randy, you, what you hit, you hit the nail on the head. That game, those games, you know, for it to come down to the final possession, uh, Michigan having an opportunity to 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 have an opportunity to score. Um, I'm so glad they didn't call the targeting penalty yeah, at the too. end of the game. Mm-hmm. Even do I think it was targeting? Maybe, but I think that play was so out of whack. You had the quarterback pitching it back to to Donovan Edwards, the running back throwing it forward. Now I looked at it, I'm like, well, technically, no one's downfield, so it is actually a, a legal play. Um, but that would have just kind of thrown the game in 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 a disarray that that we would have been trying to figure out you mm-hmm. know how to how how to come back from that the Ohio State Michigan game I mean the Ohio State Georgia game was a was a a hell of a game as well coming down to the final kick here's the one thing that I hate about college sports and 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 really sports fans we saw the the beauty the beauty of it over the last uh, 24 well 
12 hours really from from what happened with DeMar Hamlin those those Ohio State fans were berating that young man that missed the field goal for Ohio State and and you know it wasn't a, a, a gimme it was a, it was a tough kick it was all of the pressure in the world mm-hmm. to go to the national championship game it was a tough game. If I'm a, if I am an Ohio State offensive player, there's no way I put that on our kicker because we should have done more with more than we had. And the defense, you gave up 42 points. I mean, you have to stop somebody at some point and offense and defense had those opportunities, but those were really good football games. Stetson Bennett 398 yards. With three touchdowns. At some point, somebody's got to respect the guy, right? At some point, you might want to put some respect on his name because yeah. he is—he he has been playing outstanding in the championship game for the second year in a row. And and what can you say about him that that you know people people nitpick at mm-hmm. different things, but almost 400 yards in the most important game of the year, preparing for the next most important game of the year. All he does is win. That's it. And so, how are you upset with him? Now, one other guy that struck me, and I already knew he was great, but when you have as many four- and five-star guys as the Ohio State Buckeyes do, and you lose Marvin Harrison Jr. and you can't play anymore offensively, that was tough. tells me a lot about how good and how important that guy is. Yeah, that was, that was a tough loss for them, um, to, to for him to get hurt, for him to go into concussion pro- protocol and not be able to return into the game. And I know, watching him on that bench, he was itching. Like It, it almost looked like Man, I'm going to steal someone's helmet if they don't give me mm-hmm. my own back. Um, and that's kind of the mindset that you have. But we understand, you know, concussions are, are a dangerous thing and, and you want to protect the players from themselves. But losing him in that game definitely changed how the Ohio State Buckeyes played and they were not able to have the success that they that they had early on when he was playing. I'm trying to find a way. And by the way, I'll, I'll say this. I did give... TCU a fighting chance. I didn't think they would win. I didn't either. But I, I gave them, a, I said, okay, if everything goes their way and everything goes against Michigan, they have a chance. I just, I'm looking for a way for them to beat Georgia, and I just can't find a way for them to beat Georgia. Well, we said the same thing about them beating Michigan. Like, there was, I don't think we yeah. found a way. I don't think I believed that they had a chance to beat Michigan. I thought, you know, the, the quarterback, Max Dugan, was going to do an outstanding job. He's played well. But I didn't think that they would run the ball at Michigan to I the tune of 200-plus yards the way that they did and really impose their will. It, it showed me something because when you think of of, of Pac-12 teams and, and Big 12 teams, you think of – you don't think of guys running the ball down your throat and forcing you to take this and, and, and say, hey, we're going to give you – we're going to run this ball at you. You're not going to be able to stop it. And that's what TCU did. And they were able yep. to have the success. And, and if they have that same formula versus Georgia, I would, I would be intrigued to see how well this game goes. So, Kerry, I want to spin this forward because – we're hoping that we have fantastic playoff games in the future with a 12-team format. And if we had this year's format, we would have had Alabama against Washington. Alabama looked like they were angry the other night. They I think. did. They did. <laughs> they didn't look happy. No. They, 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 they had guys not opting out to play in the game, and and Nick Saban talked about that too. Mm-hmm. They they looked they looked a little bit yeah. uh, hot under the collar. <laughs> How about this one? If we would have had this this year, Tennessee and Penn State. We saw Penn State last night. Yeah. And Tennessee, the way they bounced back yeah. against Clemson without Hendon Hooker. Yes, that, that was a good game, and, and that would be a fun game. Clemson. Now they got rocked, but. USC got upended by Tulane. Yeah. So Clemson and USC, I think before that game, I think we're intrigued by it, right? Mm-hmm. 
And then you would have had uh, Utah and K-State. I really do think that a 12-team playoff, and if it would have played out this year with the 12 teams in Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Ohio State would have had buys. But I think all of those games bring something to the table that make me want to watch it. Indeed, and and like just the name themselves are are teams that you want to watch in the playoffs. I talked about earlier the Oklahoma and Florida State yeah. game. That's another couple of teams that you may say, hey, that that, that would be a good team to be in the playoffs. It, it's. I think it's going to bring more attention, obviously, to football, but it's going to bring more drama and more excitement to what can possibly happen because you get a TCU to play in the manner that they played against Michigan. You may have more of those games where you know now a Cincinnati doesn't have to play a Georgia yeah. right away. They can they can kind of work their way into the to the whole thing. So I think it's going to be fun for for college football for college football fans and for those for those universities of those schools to know. They, it's 12 teams here. We're one of the 12. We have an opportunity to make it and, and, and potentially put ourselves in the national championship game. Would I rather have 16? Yeah, but I'll take, I would as well. I'll take 12. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up, we need a fighter. And if you aren't aware of it, we have a new text line. And we'll be telling you the number throughout the course of the morning. The new text number is 314-399-9646. 314-399-9646. Yo-ho! <laughs> Y-O-H-O. 314-399-YO-HO! That's our new text line number here at 101 ESPN. <laughs> text in the word FIGHT to that text line, and please just save the number in your phone so you can send us texts all the time. We want to hear from you. We need a fighter, and the fight is coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, average Joe listener, and in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive, please welcome Randy Carricker. Welcome back to the opening drive, I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. And our contestant today is Levi. Levi, how are you doing this morning? Doing good, Carrie. How about yourself? I'm doing well. How are you feeling about the new text line? I like it. You know, it's save the number of my phone so that way I don't forget it. Makes it that's some good advice, Levi. Hopefully, everyone else is listening and they do the same. Yeah, bless you, Levi. That was a perfect <laughs> answer. <laughs> you ready to roll? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. The SEC improved the nine and one in the college football playoff semifinal games. Who is the team that defeated Alabama for that one semifinal loss for the SEC? Was it Oregon, Ohio State, or Oklahoma? I, I cut you off. I didn't hear you. Sorry. Oh no, no, uh, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. Oh, okay. Yep. All righty. All right, it is both Eli Manning's and David Tyree's birthday today, so we need a question from Super Bowl 42. Tyree had two of the most important catches in the game, and Plaxico Burris caught the game winner, but neither of them led the team in receiving. So which Giants player led the team in receiving in Super Bowl 42? Was that Kevin Boss, Steve Smith, or Monty Toomer? Uh, I'm going to go with Steve. All right, Levi Gordy Howe played 25 seasons with the Red Wings. Before playing six seasons in the WHA, when he returned to the NHL at 51 years old to play with his sons, which team did he play for? Was it the Quebec Nordiques, the Minnesota North Stars, or the Hartford Whalers? Uh, Complete guess here. I'm going to go with the Minnesota North Stars. All right, and after Donovan Mitchell's 71 points and Clay's 54 last night, the NBA is on pace for the most 50-plus points 
scoring games in exactly 60 years. Of the now 13 50-plus point games from this season, who is the only player with three or more? Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, or Joel Embiid? I believe it's Luka. All right, we'll double-check the score, and we'll bring in Randy Carricker. How you feeling, Levi? Okay. Uh, uh, all right. Fair to partly cloudy. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, you are the first contestant of the new year, so that has to go down in the in the history books. We have to log that down somewhere and uh, make sure we keep you. Write it down. Maybe you can be the first and last of the new year. That would be that would be pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Randy is, has has a banana in his hand, and he has some um, propel, propel water. He's, that's a different color propel, too. I haven't seen you. You normally have this. Randy. great. Orange raspberry oh, oh, uh, with okay. immune support. Propel. This is this okay. is uh, this is how we're bringing in 2023. Yeah, more water. <laughs> okay, Randy, here we go. Randy, say hello to Levi. Levi, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing good, Randy. How about yourself? Doing well. Happy Thanks. For, same to you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. All right, Randy. Here we go. All right. The SEC proved to not improved to nine, nine and one in the college football playoff semifinal games. Who was the team that defeated Alabama for that one semifinal loss for the SEC? Who beat Alabama? Um, I'm going to go at one or two here. Um, I think I'm going to go with Florida State. All right. It is both Eli Manning's and David Tyree's birthday, so we need a question from Super Bowl 42. Tyree had two of the biggest catches of the game, and Plaxico Burris caught the game winner, mm-hmm. but neither led the team in receiving. Which giant player led the team in receiving in Super Bowl 42? 42 would have been the 2011 one? Or the 2007 one. Um... So the second one, okay, so the first one was, this was 2007, Super Bowl 40, 2017. Um, so Burris and Tyree did not, and I'm thinking that Manningham was more in the second Super Bowl. Um, who was their number one? You know who I'm going to... Leading uh, leading receiver for catches? Uh, yards. Yards. Okay, I'll do the lifeline here. Was it uh, Kevin Boss, Steve Smith, or Amani Toomer? I was thinking Amani Toomer. Probably wrong, but I'll go with Amani Toomer. All right, Randy. Gordy Howe played 25 seasons with the Red Wings before playing six seasons in the WAH. When he returned to the NHL at 51 years old to play with his sons, which team did he play for? The Hartford Whalers. The Whale. After Donovan Mitchell's 71 points and Clay's 54 last night, the NBA is now on pace for the most 50-point games in exactly 60 years. 62-63 was the last time they had anywhere close to this many. Of the now 13 50-point game seasons so far, who is the only player with three or more? 13 50-point game seasons? There are thir- Sorry, there have currently been 13 50-point games this season. Okay. How, who is the only player with three of those 50-point games or more? Um. Well, Luca seems logical because I know he's had at least two. Um. 
just uh, run down the list here. I think I'll go with... Uh, I don't think Embiid has done that. Giannis hasn't. Um, hadn't been a great year for... Um, hadn't been a great year for Harden. I'll, I'll go with Luka. The start of a new year. Do we have a new champion? Or does Randy Carricker roll in from New Year's on a Tuesday with a little extra rest and take the victory? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is driven by mobile on the run. Join the on the run STL Wash Club for a limited time offer of $5 a month. Download the app today. Just win, baby. And there's a win for Randy Carricker, a 3-1 win over Levi. Levi, it was a tough one today, but Randy, unfortunately, came locked and loaded from the New Year's. He had the banana, he had the propel water, and that drove him towards the 3-1 win today on the fight. Forgot about potassium this morning. That's a big man. <laughs> there you go. Let's go through all the answers from today's fight questions. The SEC approved a 9-1 in college football playoff semifinal games with Georgia's win. The only team so far to beat the SEC is when Ohio State topped Alabama in the 2015 Sugar Bowl 42-35. That was the first of the college football um, playoff years, and we got the, the first one, and they've gone 9-0 since then. How about that? Uh, both Eli Manning and David Tyree's birthdays. Obviously, we know Tyree had the touchdown catch and then the helmet catch. Plexico Burris caught the game winner, but Amani Toomer led the Giants in receiving six catches for 84 yards. He was actually tied in um, receptions. He was 84 yards. That was the, the lead for the Giants. Uh, Gordy Howe played 25 seasons with the Red Wings before playing six seasons in the WHA. He returned to the NHL and played with his sons for the Hartford Whalers. And after Donovan Mitchell's 71 points and Clay's 54, the NBA is on pace for the most 50-point games in exactly 60 years. Of the now 13 so far this season, Luka Doncic is the only player with three or more. Joel Embiid has two. No other player has multiple on that list. Randy wins this one 3-1 to one again. Thank you so much for joining the fight today. Thank you so much for joining the show, Levi. You have a great rest of your day. Have a good day, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much, Levi. Good to have you with us. Next up, Panger joins us to talk blues on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Toronto tonight. We have a 5 o'clock pregame, 6 o'clock faceoff here on 101 ESPN as the Blues will try to get one from Toronto after dropping one in overtime last week. Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and Darren Pang joins us as he does every Tuesday morning. Good morning, sir, and Happy New Year. How are you doing? Good morning to you both. Happy New Year as well. I'm doing fabulous. I just arrived uh, in uh, in Toronto and uh, from, from Boston, so I'm feeling good, and I'm looking forward to this game tonight. And how was the Winter Classic? It was great. Randy and Kerry, it was, it, was, it was fantastic. I mean, I've never seen a baseball game at Fenway. I've only done two Winter Classics there. So, um, But you know what, it, what was really great about it was obviously the weather. I mean, that was fantastic. But the, uh, they changed the configuration. 
of where the where the actual ice you know the surface was as compared to what they did in 2000 I think it was 2010 the last time I did it and I really liked it I thought it was uh, I, I thought it showed off uh, Fenway extremely well and I think the the sight lines were real good for the fans as well so um, really I, all in all I, I I thought it was great every time somebody tries to tell me that the Winter Classic is is old and redundant um, I, I I say to them go there and see it yourself. And you tell me how redundant it was, uh, you know, as the, as the fans are roaming the streets for days, as they're flocking the concession stands, as they're watching on TV. So all in all, I, th- I think it's, 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 a, it's a great part of the NHL and a great part of the season. Hey, Panker, news came down of the injuries to Vladdy and O'Reilly. Uh, are we simply looking for more from Kyrou and Thomas, or, or do you have any other people in mind that need to step up as well? No, I think there's way more than than just two guys. I, you know, I, you know, number one, this is a veteran. This is still the veterans team. You know, it's it's still, um, it's still, you know, it's the Braden Shens and it's the Bortuzos and Falks and and obviously the captain. You know, it's, it's the captain's team. Now that he's injured, now it's about everybody picking up the slack. I mean, all the work that we talk about with Ryan O'Reilly, the things that he does before practice, during practice, after practice, and setting the tone, I would hope that every single player says, I've got 25 more percent, or I've got 15. I don't care what the number is. It's got to be more than what you're giving right now. And, you know, all you have to do when things aren't going well is look in the eyes of the captain and see how much and how much pain he takes when defeat hits the blues. So, I mean, if you can't pull up your socks and, and raise your game, uh, more than what you're given, then then that's 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 not good enough for sure. But in answer, you know, and Kerry, I think I just think that you you lose Vladdy, you know, he's obviously a goal scorer, a difference maker that way. Where a game can be a one-one game and you have nothing going on, and one flick of the wrist and it's a two-one game. Ryan O'Reilly is a sixty-minute player, a two-hundred-foot player, um, and so he's gonna he's gonna be more. I, I I don't know how to say. It. I mean he's his overall game is going to be greatly missed. Uh, you know, for Vladdy, I think there was, I think he was playing some good hockey. I think he was skating hard. He was, he was doing the little things, getting on the forecheck, finishing checks and, and, and what have you. But, uh, but there's no question that the overall leadership and game of, of Ryan O'Reilly is going to be greatly missed. Panger, one of the things that Army said yesterday was that this is not an ideal situation for a young player to play in. And all things being equal, he'd rather have the young players playing in Springfield where they're playing as a unit, they're playing yeah. together, they're playing team hockey. And Army said that they aren't, the, the guys that are here are not playing a good team game. And it puts a lot more stress on a young player. That's logical to me. The question that I have is how difficult is it to get back to playing a two team game if, and this is an Army term, he didn't use it yesterday but he's used it in the past if players are playing as independent contractors <laughs> that's what broadcasters do we're independent <laughs> contractors <Yeah. laughs> See? there's there's no I in team but there's two I's in invoice that's what, that's, that's there you go right <laughs> um, you know I think um, I think the team has not certainly not performed up to expectation. There's no denying that for whatever reason, maybe it's transition. Maybe it's several veteran players that don't have contracts. See these, the young players, I'll, I'll call 
Jordan and and uh, and Robert Thomas, they they got massive deals and older players that have given it everything and they've won Stanley Cups or a Stanley Cup, um, you know, weren't rewarded for it. And and maybe at the beginning there was a little separation, but I think these players are mature enough to put that behind them and have for several parts of the season. It just has not happened consistently enough. And so this is where they are right now. So now, now what happens? Is it just Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas? Absolutely not. You know, it's, it's Braden Shen who puts so much on his own shoulders anyway. It's, you know, it's, it's Boots Snavich. It's Brandon Saad. Um, I think Josh Levo's played very, very well for the team. I think Noel Achari has played extremely well. Uh, when Nathan Walker's been in there, he's done a great job. Um, so Ivan Barbashev, there's another guy. So you want, you know, you want to add a little bit more on the, on the scoring totals or, or you want to be a little bit more tenacious. I mean, I, I think Ivan Barbashev is going to take this responsibility on and, and, and carry it in lead. Um, I think we're going to see several players pick up their game because this isn't a day-to-day thing. They know it. It's black and white. One's six weeks, one's four weeks. Here you go, boys. Here's your ice time. Here's your power play candy. Let's go. And, you know, a guy like Barbashev is very interesting because you know that there's teams out there that want to add at the deadline if the Blues end up selling. I think Ivan Barbashev is, if he's not number one on your list, he's number one B on the list of every team out there that's looking to add for the playoffs. So that keeps you motivated to play your best hockey as well. So, um, But th- those are the players that I would think have to elevate their game and and Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas. And, and that means playing the game the way the Blues play the game. Not always, as it, as it gets tougher, those east-west passes, that fancy stuff, the pull-up stuff, the try to thread a thread the needle through 19 sets of legs and sticks and what have you. It, it doesn't work the long, you know, the further on we go in the season, it just will not work. So I think they're going to have to change their game as well to be effective. Hey, Panger, I, I clearly don't know as much hockey as you do. And, and you've been in the game and around the game for a long time. When this young man gets the puck on his stick, he shoots it, he scores, um, but he's not getting the amount of time on ice as other defensemen. What does Callie Rosen, what is missing from his game that I'm not seeing uh, that is keeping him off of the ice and not getting him more time? Uh, that's, you know, that's interesting. Very underappreciated. Almost, I'm not going to say like, like Carl Gunnarsson, when, when, when Boom Boom Gunnarsson first came to us, um, I, for one, wasn't overly impressed with Carl Gunnarsson. I, I overlooked him. Um, you know, I felt like he wasn't a great skater, wasn't real strong at that time. Didn't have a, you know, didn't have a good shot. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. And then I talked to Alex Steen about it. And then I talked to another player about it. And then I'd be like, I talked to Jay Bowmeister about it. And he'd be like, okay, all right, start watching other areas, Panger. That's you know, with mm-hmm. Cal Rosen, I, you know, I, I think that's what you know. There's a, there's a player that's got a, an underappreciated two-way game about him. So why isn't he playing more? I, I think he's, I mean, I think if he gets into that 15 or 16, 17 minutes a night, I think that's a good number. I think what happens guys is when you overplay guys, then they get exposed. So I think he's in a, you know, he's in a good situation. We'll probably play a little bit more. Maybe it's time to get him a little bit on the power play. I mean, maybe that's an, that's an area that the coaching staff can look at because he seems to walk the line well, change direction. He's got a good wrister from the point. Maybe we're missing something there. Maybe there's something there that that uh, that the Blues can get more out of, and and that would be power play time for me. 
Panger, glad you're uh, with the club in Toronto. We'll be tuned in tonight on Ballet Sports, and we always thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll be tuned in. Take care. My pleasure. Happy New Year to you both, and keep up the great work. Thank you. Appreciate it. That is Darren Pang. He is the Blues Analyst on Ballet Sports, and it's going to be tough, isn't it? I mean, even though... Those two guys that we're talking about, the injured guys, O'Reilly and Tarasenko, they aren't living up to what their careers have provided the Blues so far. But they're still your two highest paid players, and they're still two veteran guys that, down the stretch, Kerry, I thought if the Blues were going to have an opportunity, those would be two guys that would show something and step up because veterans do that. And now they're going to be gone for six weeks for uh, O'Reilly, four weeks for Vladdy. Is it? Is it? I mean, if you are any team and you lose two of your top players, are you? What's the realistic expectations for you going forward? I mean, in in any sport, really, if you lose two of your top guys, two of your top mm-hmm. four or five guys, what's the what are what are the real expectations for your team going forward? You it, have it's to probably, be amazing. You probably aren't going to be very good, right. and so. Um, I, I'm obviously this team has been a 500 team throughout the entire season, up and down, had some big swings one way or the other. Uh, if if they do win games, I think it would be a surprise because you, you're losing your two two of your top guys. It's going to be a struggle for them to figure out how to get the puck in the net and how to play you know the game that they need to play in order to win. So spinning it forward, Jeremy Rutherford writes at the Athletic that these injuries are the final sign for the Blues front office to make a move. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Randy and Carrie break down the biggest story of the day on the Opening Drive. It's time for today's Big Thing. On the heels of the injuries to Vladimir Tarasenko and to Ryan O'Reilly, Jeremy Rutherford wrote at The Athletic yesterday, if Blues General Manager Doug Armstrong had any indecisiveness lingering about what to do with the 2022-2023 season, which I don't believe he did, the situation was spelled out for him on Sunday, and obviously that occurred with the injuries to Tarasenko and O'Reilly. Now, what the Blues need to do is find the best deal. And as Armstrong pointed out yesterday in his Zoom press conference, there has not been a big trade made in the NHL so far this year. We've played October, November, December, and there has not been a big trade in the NHL. But there will be, two months from today, February, March, two months from today, there will be a trade deadline, and there will be trades made, and hopefully the Blues will be able to get their guys back on the ice because even before the injuries, Kerry, we assumed... That, and I think Jeremy, uh, not to put words in his mouth, he assumed too, that the Blues were going to make these moves because they pretty much had to. You mm-hmm. you can't allow two big assets that are capable of drawing you number one picks to walk out the door if you don't win anything and they become unrestricted free agents. And the Blues can't reasonably expect to win the Stanley Cup this year. Well, they they that is the, the big question. I, and I think the... the how is this team going to perform without those two on, in the lineup? That you're getting a view of what this team could potentially be if you were to trade them, but it also is 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 difficult because you're not getting in th- anything in return while they're out. So it, it's kind of twofold, and it 
Sometimes, Randy, the strange thing about sports, everything usually, not always, but usually works out the way that it's supposed to, to be. We've been talking about this since the start of the season, knowing that they are potential free agents at the end of the season. Do you move them? Well, yeah, we move them if we're not in playoff contention. Uh, well, no, we're not going to move them if we're, if we're teetering right there and have an opportunity to make a run in the playoffs. Now, I think you have your answer <laughs> either way. You know that if this team alters or struggles mm-hmm. in these four to six weeks that these two are out, you kind of have your answer. But but my question to you was, if they are out for this extended period of time, when the trade line, trade deadline approaches, how do you trade people that are coming off of the injury list? How, how, how does that work? And if well, you're those two players, do you want to move young families? You can just say, oh, my foot's still bad or my, yeah, hand, my hand's yeah. still bad. Because J.R. wrote, and it... Obviously, they're competitive guys. Maybe they want to be in a more competitive situation, but maybe they just don't want to move for six weeks to try to win a Stanley Cup. JR wrote this in his piece at The Athletic. Before the news of O'Reilly's injury, one scout, speaking anonymously because he's not at liberty to publicly discuss other teams' players, said the Blues captain could fetch a first-round pick and a top prospect in a trade. First-rounder <clears throat> and a top prospect. Still, even even even... Right now, with the with or th- was this prior to to the injury? This was report? prior to the injury. So, what do you think coming coming out of this injury? Broken foot. Is we that need where, to see him for. You need a to see of him games. skate. Yeah, you, you need to see him move. Yeah. You need to see if he's able to to move in the same manner or you know at the same level that he was prior to the injury because. Anything with, with lower body, when you break a break an ankle, break a foot, and you're on your feet, <laughs> on skates, or if you're on your feet running, it's it's a difficult thing to to be able to come back and be jump right back into the fold at that level, at that speed, and at that pace. So here's the question. And by the way, Jr. writes the same is true for Tarasenko. Speaking of a first round pick who would be wanted for his goal scoring abilities, would there still be an appetite among would be suitors for a player like that coming back from a broken hand? Vladdy will have a month per well they'll reevaluate him in a month but theoretically he should have a month to show that he is healthy again my question though is if you're the blues and you know you aren't going to win and you know you aren't going to resign these guys do you just take the best offer if the best offer happens to be a fourth round pick do you trade Ryan O'Reilly for a fourth round pick at that point you probably have to i mean it, it's and, and it, Ryan, uh Tarasenko by the way has a no trade clause you probably have to because otherwise you don't get anything at all if they walk out out in free agency at the end of the year. Um, but I, I think, as crazy as it may sound, it probably works well for everyone involved other than, than maybe the Blues are, are not going to get what they could have gotten had they made a decision to trade them earlier. But you're going to get something in return if you decide to, mm-hmm. as opposed to getting nothing. I just have to see how this team plays without those two on the ice. And... and Randy, you correct me if I'm wrong. If you, I don't know if you feel this way. There, it seemed to be at the beginning of the season, especially when they were on that losing streak, a bit of a power struggle between Kyrou and Thomas versus O'Reilly and Tarasenko. Whose team is it? Well, right. we just signed these new deals. You guys don't have anything. This, this is our team now. And the, the the older guys are saying, "No, hold on, young fellas, we're still here. We 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 are the champions. We understand the recipe to be successful. Let us show you." And and it seemed to be a power struggle. And at at one point. It felt like maybe the power struggle was gone. Those those four individuals seemed to come together, and then you had your, your winning streak. Um, but now you are leaning on those two young guys and say, hey, 
You got the contracts. This is your team. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Because it's one thing to say I can be a leader. It's one thing for for those two to say I can lead this team and show us the right way. It's another thing to have to actually go out and do it. And and those two and O'Reilly and Tarasenko have done it. Now it's your turn because those O'Reilly and Tarasenko are out. It's a great growth opportunity. Those yeah. guys, depending on their desire and their will and their competitiveness have a great opportunity to show that they can be leaders at the NHL level. And by the way, I see good things from both, things that I like that lead me to believe that they can be those sorts of guys, but we haven't seen them without the captain. We haven't seen them without Tarasenko. So this will be an opportunity for us, for the Blues, for those players and their teammates to evaluate what they are as leaders of the franchise. And, and here's the thing. It's not as easy as some people make it seem. Like some people are natural leaders and leaders of men, and it, it comes naturally and easily for them. And then it takes some people time to figure out, okay, I can't talk to this guy like this. I, I have to talk to this guy like that. I have to motivate this person in this manner. Those are, are things that leaders understand and they learn from from years of doing it mm-hmm. and if you are thrusted into a situation where where I think uh, uh Thomas and Cairo are right now where they are they have to take over that leadership role meaning you have to actually speak to people and and not just with your play but with your words at times to get them to move in the direction you need them to move in and I wonder if the absence of O'Reilly might give the blues the impetus, if things don't go the way we're talking about them going, mm-hmm. to revisit O'Reilly and say, okay, yeah. we'll, we want to sign you. We can't give you seven and a half right. again, but we want to have you on our team with their knowledge right. that he's really important yeah. to them. I, it, it, it could go both ways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you're right. You can look at it and say, oh, we stunk, and we didn't have anybody in that locker room to talk, to mm-hmm. motivate, to move people in, in, in directions we needed them to move into. And so, yeah, we do need you back. We need you back here. We need you back here with this team so that you can be a part of that and, and continue to to be that leader that that was missing in those four to six weeks yeah. that you were out. But you don't say we need you back. You go back if you're the team and you say, you know, we'd, we we really like to have you back. <laughs> but you don't say we need you back because now you now he'll know he'll know right. Oh, yeah, you all need me, huh? Well, yeah. Like, yeah, pay me like you need me. Then that's the difference. That's the key right there. So it'll be interesting to watch. And by the way, this is a four game road trip that the Blues start to probably get a vision of what the future looks like tonight at Toronto. Thursday night, they're at New Jersey. Saturday, they're at Montreal. And then Sunday, they're at Minnesota. So you've got a trip over the border to go to Toronto, and then they come back across the border to go to New Jersey, back up across the border to go to Montreal, and then back down to go to Minnesota. So this trip in in pro sports parlance, because we have a million, more than a million people that had a real hassle traveling yes. last week, right? Yes. But from a sports perspective, this trip will be a hassle. It, it will be, but the the good thing is, you know, after this road trip, you get I think ten of your next thirteen games will be at home. So yeah, I think it's 11, of, eleven of thirteen games yeah. and thirty eight out of forty five days at home. That is a blessing. If you are if you are a, a professional athlete to have that many days at home in a row uh, and not have to travel, you can kind of get into a routine. If they can get through this road trip clean and not have too many, you know, too many setbacks, I think coming home would be good for them. That's Kerry. I'm Randy, and that's today's big thing here on 101 ESPN. Next up, rock and roll. Stick around. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. 
second roll of 2023. Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, and Matthew Rocchio. Well, Carrie was asking me in the break if I if I brought a good one. I feel like I brought a good one here, well, Carrie. I'm now let's uh, let's back up here a little bit. Okay. <laughs> he asked if you brought anything as interesting as anal beads. Uh, and, no, no. There was there was a couple. There were, there were a number of top twenty five like moments of twenty twenty two lists that I read I that had too. that had the uh, Magnus Carlson. Story where he accused the upstart chess player of cheating against him online using anal beads potentially as a way to electronically send him signals. Vibrating ones. Yes, vibrating ones. Remote vibrating uh, ones. Exactly. To send uh, to send him signals. We still don't know how that to works. To change his match. No. He, well, he got banned from a bunch of different <laughs> online things because he uh, admitted to cheating there. But um, this isn't as good as the anal bead story. I'll okay. say right now. Mainly because I can't. I don't never, think nothing I, will be. I'm not going to be able to talk about this three months from now. With Within that kind of, you know, three-word scope that kind of boils it down and you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not to that level, but what I have for you here is a Midwest market getting close to signing a player with five times the social media following of LeBron James. No And way. apparently this was pretty close. You can read about it right now. Sam McDowell wrote an, a very great piece in the Kansas City Star breaking this all down. Sporting Kansas City came in second place to the Saudi Arabian club for the services Ooh. of Cristiano Ronaldo. Really? really? Wow. Yes. This is an incredible breakdown where they throw it. Wow. But the, the big things to take away from me, though, is that obviously a, a, a minority owner of Sporting Kansas City is Pat Mahomes. He's one of the biggest quarterbacks in the biggest league in the um, America, and he chose to sign essentially a lifetime contract in this Kansas City area. So instead of saying, listen, we're only a mid-20s market in, you know, in in America, we can't bring in a player who's who's right now has a contract offer for close to 75 million here. And they, first of all, looked at it, we have other ways to get him money around the city. And they looked at the market as actually a boon and said, any place he plays in the world, he'll never be able to go out to dinner without getting completely mobbed. Mm-hmm. But Pat Mahomes can attest to him, this is a nice place to live, and you mm. can live your life. So, just looking at it from that perspective, because there's a lot of different tendrils of this signing. You know, would, it, would he have been a big deal in Kansas City the way, you know, LeBron is in L.A.? Not, not to that level with soccer or anything. But just boil it down. Is it smart for a smaller market to approach it from that angle of you can live your life here even though there isn't the nightlife aspect of it. We always talk about Giancarlo Stanton. I love that this was the perspective Kansas City took at it. It's a smart approach to take. This is, that is pretty, now Rock, that is a, a very intriguing story. If it were to have happened, um, I, I mean, if you're if you're Christian Ronaldo, you, you Cristiano Ronaldo, you have to, you think about it, right? You, you, yeah. you, can, you can hang out. Are you more popular in Kansas City than Patrick Mahomes? No. No. Never. So you can you can live your life maybe, but maybe that's that's not what he wanted. Maybe he wanted the fame and the money and the. Well, he's the in Saudi allure. Arabia. He can probably he can live his life in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I don't know that. that I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, you might not want to, yeah. but he can. Yeah, uh, he's gonna get paid handsomely wherever he plays. Kansas City's a cool place to live. I think that'd be great for him. How, how, how good would that? How how amazing would that have been for the MLS? Oh man! I, I mean, mean, I remember David Beckham signing years ago, and, and that, that was, was a huge deal. That was a huge deal for that for the league. The, that put him on the map. And so if you were to sign a Cristiano Ronaldo at this stage of his career, how how important or how 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 much of an influence could that have been on the league going I mean, forward? David Beckham was a big deal, but just with the way that social media has become what it has, I just think it's if a guy's the worldwide viewership 
of a Cristiano Ronaldo. Again, 5X of a LeBron James across social media. That's going to have a huge impact no matter what. Apparently, MLS's new TV deal with Apple where it's going to be broadcasted over 100 countries is also a big thing just for his global brand. Um, and, and mind you, it's not like he would have been you know spending any time in the poorhouse. He apparently is going to be making close to $75 million mm-hmm. per year in Saudi Arabia. They were easily going to break the current MLS high contract. By the way, did you guys know this guy in MLS is getting paid $14 million this year? Who's that? Lorenzo Insigne up, in, up in, for uh, Montreal. He's going to pay 14 million, so he's going to get paid more than that. But also, could you have, yes, imagined right out of the gate if Cristiano Ronaldo was playing against St. Louis City. Against Mbappe. Oh, against Mbappe, yeah. Because he's, right. he's, we're, he's on deck. Yeah. We, we, we're working on that. Uh, he listens every day. He's on the app. Yeah, he is. He's listening. Yeah. Mbappe, I know you're listening. Just, uh, I, I was, we're just waiting on you to sign, buddy. They, they, were, they, they didn't break down where the, because, you know, I'm guessing I'm guessing if the highest have paid 14, if they're going to top that, let's say they pay him 20, where is the other, you know, 50 million going to come from? Is that really possible, giving him percentages and marketing and those kind of things? I'm not sure. So I'm not sure what the economics for a Killian Mbappe, who's like 22 and incredible already and has played multiple World Cups and all that thing. I'm not sure what the economics would be. But I say, why can't we get it done? Why not? Yeah, why plenty not? of money. Yeah, money. Don't yeah. you just tell them, hey, you're coming to St. Louis. You can go out to eat and nobody will bother you. There you go. <laughs> Again, it's an odd market just to be like, listen, people aren't going to know you here, and that's a good thing, but you got you got to take the shot from what you well, have. Here's here's the thing. Thing. And I like how they vary, like, in, in the in the piece on the Kansas City Star, they're just like, no, here's we didn't thing. shy away from the fact that it's a smaller market. We said, this is a good thing, and they used the Mahomes example that, apparently over and over and over and over again. That may be something that he was looking to, though. I mean, you have to figure out who you're, who is, you're hiring or what they're looking for. He may, have, he may be a guy that doesn't want to be in the limelight or be seen every time he steps outside. This was a paraphrased quote from a Can- from a Kansas City representative about what was told to them during the negotiations. If he decided to come to the states, you're everything that fits you're everything that fits for what he wants. Yeah. Mm. Some well. people don't I mean when you have been in the in, in uh, I, I Randy, the, one of the toughest things in the world is being around very, very popular people because I couldn't imagine walking down the street and getting stopped every five seconds. I've been with teammates every five seconds. Someone, hey, how's it going? Hey, man, I'll catch up. You catch up with me later. I, I gotta, I gotta go where we're going. I, this is a bit. I appreciate it, but come on. And so. If you are a Cristiano Ronaldo, that has to happen every... Right. You don't get to walk down the street, do you? No. You can't walk anywhere without people stopping you. And and granted, they are fans. They are excited to see you. You're their favorite player. You want to be cordial and be respectful. But at some point, you got to get to where you're going. And so if you are a player that maybe wants to remove himself from that, Kansas City seems like a Kansas City seems like a, a place where you could be perfect. witness prote- protection program. Hang out in the plaza <laughs> in the power and light. light. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. If that's the way you want to be, you know, Casey. By the way, Mbappe, we know you're tuned in. Uh, we have a free zoo. You should know that. We do. It's yeah. still open right yeah, now. It's great. I drove past it the other day. Yep. Cynical NFL fan in you. Um, would it, would a Cristiano Ronaldo in Kansas City get anywhere near the hype of Patrick Mahomes? No. No chance. Not a not a not a snowball's chance. <laughs> and that's the insane. That, that's the. I wanted it to happen. Just I, I wanted that test study because it would have been 
the ultimate like mm-hmm. radical nah. version of a test study of the best quarterback in the biggest league versus the biggest player in the biggest maybe sp- league in the entire world. Does it change? Does it shift the dynamic at all? Does that matter once you get inside the middle of the United States? I would agree with you guys, no, but it would have been really interesting to see exactly how that dynamic played out. Now, if those two ended up in the same place for dinner, does the world just stop? Does does does, 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 does everything kind of shift to Kansas City? Like all no. eyes, like There's the no paparazzi world? in Kansas City. Also, nah, well, I think uh, what there would have been enough cell phones to to take enough pictures and videos to last yeah. a lifetime. Who's the first one to pick up the tab for the entire restaurant, though? Ooh. I gotta be Ronaldo. I think it's gonna be yeah, Mahomes because he's, does it. Mahomes does it already. But Ronaldo's the new guy. Does he? Mahomes yeah. does it. He does. He's done it before. He, yeah. he, 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 somebody's talking. He he understands. Oh, yeah. He's got and I, I like that. That's a smart That's play cool, by it? Mr. Mahomes. And those are the times we've mentioned it. How many times have you heard about Jackson Mahomes this year? There you go. He, I think he sent him. I think he deported him to L.A. <laughs> go to L.A., bro. It's so many things happening out there. You will be famous. They'll love you out there. And heard from him since. Yep. All right, I got a choice between one of the other. What do you guys want? Uniforms or fields? Uh, uniforms. Uniforms. All right. What you, did you see the Boston Bruins yesterday for the Winter Classic when they got off I the bus? The, yes. the Boston Red Sox throwbacks, including the glove inside the bat. Obviously, we've seen some other ones that dress up. The Blues did the Beach Boys a few years ago. Thought, your, thoughts like on, your thoughts on the Boston uh, Bruins slash Boston Red Sox throwbacks? Very well done. Yeah, good That's, thought. That might be one of the best ones I've ever seen. The fact that they all came out with the ba- the glove on the anytime you add the props, yeah. like if there had been like <laughs> one blues player who was like Jimmy Buffett, like Margarita villing it, like double fisting, like like you know Margaritas, I would have been that might have taken it to the next level. But the fact that they had the bats with the gloves, mm-hmm. it takes it to completely next level. I hate giving Boston credit, but yeah, they did that right. Some things are. I think that was pretty cool. Like you, you see that, and and I did like the the beach outfits for the Blues. It was it was freezing. It was when they wore like it takes mm-hmm. it takes some guts to go out there in 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 beach attire, shorts and open shirts, and it's like ten degrees, twenty yeah. degrees outside. And so I would lean more toward more towards that. But this was pretty awesome also, seeing that 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 old school feel. They picked the, the right thing. jersey. Yeah, yeah you can screw school, that up yeah. if you don't get the right throwback yeah. jersey. But yeah. the 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 classic whites, one of the cleaner jerseys we, we, we you can see from back then I love the move by the Boston Bruins and you know how much I hate giving Boston any credit right? give you a feel yeah. of dreams type of I vibe I, I honestly I want to see what those gloves because I swear to God some of those, those, those I think the gloves were even like the 19 <laughs> like 30s looking like mm-hmm. fat mitt ones the more of a mitt than a glove that detail whoever whoever's the costume designer for the Bruins you know check credit good for you well done thank you Matthew thank you Randy coming up next we're going to talk to Mike Claiborne as we do every Tuesday you're on the opening drive on 101 ESPN you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. At the memorial service for Demetrius Johnson yesterday at Chaffetz Arena, Mike Claiborne, as always, was very eloquent and had good and memorable things to say and I know the family was very appreciative of, of Mike speaking uh, on behalf of uh, or for Demetrius Johnson about his memory and Mike joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line Klaibs, uh, I told you yesterday and I will say it again, great job and uh, it was great to have you be a part of that yesterday. Well I, I was I was honored uh, the, the only problem is I'm going to too many of these things. Yeah. And uh, that, that, I guess when you get old, that's to happen. But uh, you know what? It was a day of celebration. I mean, everybody had great stories about Demetrius. And I think we all know what's in front of us as far as uh, keeping his dream alive. And 
um, after yesterday, I'm even more motivated by it. Hey, Clay, happy new year to you. Um, I was wondering if you were able to see the football game last night and, and the, the, oh, yeah. the tragic accident that happened. What were your thoughts on that? And, and I was telling Randy earlier today and, and Rock, I have never seen anything like that in my entire life playing football, watching football. It was really a scary situation. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on the event of, of yeah. last night's game. You know, Kerry, I, I think I've seen that a half dozen times. Really? Uh, Randy and I talked about Chuck Hughes, who, who died on the field in 71. And I guess Blues fans should remember Chris Pronger taking one in the heart, and he was, he, he checked out on the ice, and Jay Bomeister collapsed on the bench with a similar situation a couple of years ago. Uh, Hank Gathers uh, died on the court. I mean, uh, it's happened more than we think. Uh, but, you know, I think last night was different because this is the first time we've seen a guy go down in the NFL. You know, ironically, when Chuck Hughes went down, they finished the game. Yeah. You know, you know, so, I mean, we've come a long way in 50 years, but it, it was so, something that, you know, when you think about it, uh, it really it was numbing to me. And, and as I said, I've seen it before, but you never get used to it. And claims a lot of discussion today, and we like to take the deep dive into situations like this, about how quick or how slow the NFL was to react. At least at the end of the day, they got it right and didn't play anymore. Whoever it was that made the decision, coaches, players, league, at least they got that part of it right. Yeah, I agree with you, Randy. I think sometimes we overanalyze things. You know, you think about the coaches, the players, the players' association, the league. I mean, they didn't have, you know, realistically, they didn't have a choice because, Kerry, you know this as well as anybody. Football is a game of focus. And if you can't focus, then guess what? You get carried off. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the guys that lost focus, uh, their mind was elsewhere, and I wholeheartedly support and respect the decision they made last night not to play. Yeah, it was it was kind of telling. You could you when when everything started taking place and unfolding, you can almost tell or, or sense that something bad was happening by the players' responses, and and that was something that you know really took me because I had never seen players respond in that manner uh, because we didn't know what was going on until it was reported later that they had to administer CPR. And, and Claves, I think you you hit the nail on the head. It, it is a difficult task to play a violent sport when you are not focused solely on on the task in front of you. And, and, and I do believe that the NFL had to make that decision. I, I think the, the players really, you know, forced that issue because they weren't comfortable playing. Either side was, was comfortable playing because of, of what they just saw take place. So here's the question for all of those who, and I'm not a participant uh, in the fantasy leagues and everything else. And uh, What does the NFL do about this game? I don't know. I was telling Randy earlier. I don't think that they play this game because Buffalo went home yesterday. They didn't. They didn't stay in, yeah. in Cincinnati. They are back in Buffalo. They aren't in Cincinnati with an opportunity to play a game. And I don't think that that's something that they are even concerned or care about. I mean, I know everyone is concerned about you know all of the other factors in terms of of whether or not the Buffalo Bills will be the number one seed. Could potentially the Cincinnati Bengals get the number one seed? I know all of those things are on the line, but at the end of the day, you know, the the fact that a young man collapsed on the field, I think, takes precedent over all of that. And they'll just, you know, those two teams may only have 16 games under their on their record as opposed to 17. Well, they should be playing 16 in the first place. I agree with that. The whole 17 thing is, is, a, is a joke, uh, you know, because we're not seeing the best players playing all the time. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. If, if they walk away with it as is, I'm good with it. 
uh, I think it's really an attention draw to why they're doing it and, and how, how much health and safety is important to the game. Claves, I want to have you react to something, a point that I made earlier about Vladimir Tarasenko. With Tarasenko and O'Reilly out, even if Laddie comes back in four weeks and is going to play, he's got a 15-year-old son and a 6-year-old son and then a younger son. He's got a no-trade clause. He, he can go to a place that he doesn't know. He can live in a hotel for March, April, May, maybe June, and try to win a cup. If, if, I think if I'm Vladimir Tarasenko, I would use my no-trade clause. That's specifically why I negotiated for a no-trade. That's a good point, Randy. Um, you know, there's a lot. When you have a family, man, and you're used to coming home to them every day, and they're in that, that, that stage in their lives where, you know, you, you want to be around them uh, more than ever, uh, that, that's, a, that's a heck of a sacrifice. It's a heck of a sacrifice. Um, to be on another team that ha- that might have a chance to win, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you know, you got to, you have the trade clause for two reasons: one, you don't want to go somewhere where you, you don't feel like you can win, and two, you don't want to be separated from your family at somebody else's decision. So, uh, if he stays, that's fine. Uh, and you know, I feel the same way about Ryan O'Reilly. I, I mean, the, the Blues are in a tough spot, okay, because both of those two guys are not available to him. And it also kind of exposes their minor league system where they don't have enough to help them right now. But, you know, if, if, you, if you're basically, quote, air quote here, stuck with them, then you know what? That, that's cool. I, I think you can bring one back, if not both of them. Hey, hey, Claves, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this Blues team going forward with those two uh, being out for extended periods? Well, you know, here's the thing, Kerry. There's some minutes to be had by somebody, mm-hmm. okay? Somebody's going to have a chance to play themselves on this team or play themselves off this team. And if you're Craig Berube, you got some younger guys that you have to coach now. And maybe sometimes that's more fun to, to coach. And, and, and really it's going to be a reflection on your scouting department on whether these guys can actually play or not. So there's a lot of things that are going to be held in the light because of what's about to take place. But the bottom line is somebody's going to have to play. And I think it's an incredible opportunity for a young player to get some quality ice time and not find themselves always on the fourth line, maybe getting eight, 12 minutes a night. There's going to be some guys that are going to be logging some legitimate minutes and uh, how they fare with it is going to be up to them. Hey, I know he, he's a defenseman, but one of those guys that I think should get more time is Callie Rosen. He has been playing, you know, outstanding in my opinion. What are your thoughts on him and, and what does he need to do to get more time on the ice? Man, he's so hot. I'm surprised he's not driving his Zamboni. <laughs> I mean, he, he's, you know what? He, maybe he's just one of those late bloomers. Uh, you know, he seems like he's got a good knack of following the puck, okay, or the puck following him, where he's always in a good position to do something with it. Uh, defensively, he's been okay. Uh, you know, I, I think that he's a guy that just probably needed some more ice time and a little confidence, and that's where it takes you. I mean, granted, I don't think you, you signed him up for him to be, you know, uh, Nicholas Lichter. But I, I think if he can provide some offense from the back end and maybe fill the void of losing Toy Krug on the power play, uh, who knows where it can go. 
Hey, Clash, I got a kid on my team that uh, hey, when you say the puck just finds him or he finds the puck, I got a kid on my team that we would just throw out there. He didn't know he, he would just go get the quarterback, son. And somehow, some way, Clash, every single time, <laughs> something good would happen. The defensive coordinator was like, I can't. He doesn't know. I said, put him out there. He just figures yeah. it out. It, the ball finds him. He gets an interception. He tips passes. He gets fumble recoveries. He gets sacks. He doesn't know enough, but he knows enough to go forward and go hit somebody. And, and sometimes, you know, some of those guys just have that in them that, that things fall their way. You just got to leave them alone. Leave them alone. Uh, Don't and, coach them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, you know what, here's the thing, and, and you guys know this, there's so much information available to players that sometimes they do more thinking than playing. And there's some guys who, if you just say, hey, look, man, let's keep this simple. We're not saying you're a dumb guy. We just think that you don't need to know all these other things in order to do your job. Just go play. <laughs> don't worry about all this. We, we, you know what? We have other guys on this team that need that information in order to be better. You don't need it. Just go play. And, and if you, you, get, you get one or two of those guys on your team, you, you can probably have a successful team. Now, I don't know if you can have a bunch of them because they all can't play. They all need some coaching. But in that situation, yeah, you're doing the right thing. See, you're a good coach, man. You know, you know what a bread and butter. Claves, I got to laugh because it just reminds me of the story. Not to make a comp here because it's unfair to make the comp, but when Belichick went to Parcells and said, "Hey, uh, Lawrence Taylor's sleeping through meetings. I don't know what I'm going to do," and Parcells said, "How do you play on Sunday?" <laughs> and that's that's how it matters. Yeah, hey, that guy's pretty good. They used, to, they used to say Dion when he came to the Cowboys. He was sitting in the back of the squad room with a blanket over his over himself taking naps. And then all of a sudden, the next day he showed up, he had a straddle lounge in there. And, and Chad Hennings, this is one of my favorite stories, Chad Hennings, who had, who had come over from the Air Force, he just finished serving his duty. And he had a thing about counting toes in the huddle. And he counted 20 one time. And he looked up, and Dion was just standing out on the corner, not minding, minding his own business. Hey, get your blank in the huddle. You got to know what we're about to do. And somebody just grabs it. Man, don't worry about him, man. Two plays later, he had a pick six. And Chad Henney went over here to do some say, Hey, my name's Chad Henney, and welcome to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> you know, they're just some guys. You just leave them alone, yep. man. They got to figure it out. Yep. And I guess, you know, if you're Dion and you're practicing against Jerry Rice and Mike Irvin on a daily basis, there's not much more some other team's going to bring out that you haven't seen and not been able to do. No doubt. Hey, Claves, what do you got happening at Claves Online right now? Well, we got Dr. Rick, uh, his podcast, Rammers, coming up later this week. Uh, you know, here's one thing you guys listen to. You have to listen to the, the two-man game with Rammer and Rocchio because this NBA scoring thing, they have lost their minds as far as scoring. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to Al Terrario, and I'm, we're going to visit with Kevin Weeks later in the week. Hire Richards and I are going to chop it up on this uh, college football weekend. Uh, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen two better playoff games than we saw last week. So it'll be fun to see what TCU can do with Georgia. So we have a lot of stuff going on, including we'll certainly be talking about the NFL as they go into their final week of the season. Awesome. Michael, later, always- today, later today, Joe Roderick and I will do our lunch with Kip Clays and Joe. That comes your way at about 1130. So we'll be chopping a lot of things up today as well. we got to check that out. All right, we'll be tuned into that. We'll, I'm sure, talk to you during the week, and then uh, we'll have you back on the show next next Tuesday. Let's see, next Tuesday. I'm wondering. Uh, I'm wondering about Florida by next Tuesday. I'll be somewhere between St. Louis and Jupiter by next Tuesday. <laughs> you, you know what? Give me a call. We'll do it. Thanks, Claves. 
All right, you guys have a great week. Take care. You too. Happy New Year. Mike Claiborne on 101 ESPN. He's as good as it gets. Coming up next, we're going to head down the stretch of this edition of the opening drive. I want, to, I want you to hear, if you didn't hear it earlier, the uh, the clip from Doug Armstrong yesterday about why he's not thrilled about having to bring young players up to the Blues right now. We'll hear that coming up as we head down the stretch of the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. players that are instinctive with Mike Claiborne and Jeremy Rutherford sent this tweet during the break. He said, uh, this is Bob Plager talking about Brett Hall. And Bob Plager says, I phoned Ron one day and he said, how was Brett? I said, Ron, he'll drive you crazy. He was out there one time and he never came back to the defensive zone. He broke his (laughs) stick one time and he just looked at his stick. He's a coach killer. Karam was undeterred. Ron said, well, how did he do? And Plager said, oh, he's good. He got three goals and one assist, but again, he'll drive you crazy. And Ron said, I don't care if he drives me crazy if he gets me three goals and one assist. Sign me up. <laughs> Some guys, you will, you will allow them to continue to do what they do because, hey, you know what, just leave him alone. He's going to figure yeah. it out. He's going to score. He's going to figure out ways to put the ball in the hoop, whatever the case may be. That, rock, that that number is slim and, 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 and far between. There's not a lot of them. Few and far between. It's not. It's not a it, it, on one hand. Uh, and we we've talked about in, in the last segment. We've talked about Brett Hall, mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, Deion Sanders, Hall of Famer, Lawrence Taylor, Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Those guys, two of which are considered the best to ever play their position. You don't. You don't bother them. No. And no. we're not talking about a guy that. Can't cover you know anybody or can't do anything Norris correctly. Jenkins cheating every single. Every we're not single talking like about. We're not, we're, talking, we're, we're not talking about Jack Rabbit. We're no. talking about. <laughs> we're talking about some of the greatest players to ever play the game in their respective sports. But most players need to play within a system, and one of the things that bothered Doug Armstrong about the injuries to Tarasenko and to O'Reilly is that he has to bring young players up to play with a group that's kind of doing their own thing right now. Here's Army yesterday. Uh, I, I just think we, we don't we don't defend well. We don't our, our team game isn't to the level that that allows younger players to be incorporated. You know, if when you have a strong team game, uh, it's it's easy to play a strong team game. Uh, defending is a mindset, and when that and that that's the mindset that they have down in, at the American Hockey League right now. That they do all the little things well. Right now, again, you just have to look at our. Our goal differential, you'll have to look at our scoring chances, like the grade A scoring chances we give up. It, it's a hard game for a young player to play because you're you're under stress all the time. And until we until we're not under stress uh as as a team, it's gonna be a difficult uh group to play play with and play for. So if you have one player that's doing his own thing and doing it great, yeah, you can get by with that. But when you have Four or five players that aren't great, or six that are doing their own thing. Then you got problems. That's when you, as a coach, start to pull your hair out, or or, or start growing gray hair, as I have <laughs> in my beard, losing hair on the top, uh, because players are doing their own thing as opposed to what you coach them to do. And it's difficult if you feel that bringing young players in right now is a is a detriment to the team because they're going to learn to play to play the game the wrong way. You you're, you're going to be a younger team playing younger guys trying to figure out. 
we're going to let them play because they play the right way, and we're probably going to take some lumps because of it. It'll be interesting to see how the Blues perform tonight, and they have to play a good, coordinated defensive game against a team like Toronto. We saw last week when they allowed the five goals in the 5-4 overtime loss how things go bad when you're playing against a really talented team with a lot of, (laughs) interestingly, a lot of really good individual offensive talent. Great job today by our producer engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Uh, CD, what do you think of this new text line number? It's 314-399-9646. If you can't remember that, 314-399-YOHO. Like that? Text in. (laughs) Happy New Year. Happy New Year, sir. We thank There we go. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. For all of us, I think we have. De- I've completely forgot about T Mac and Ajax. Well, it, I mentioned I knew we got to go. Back. They're back. But, but everybody, I was so surprised. The hallway, all the lights were lit up in the hallway oh, on the stations. It was amazing. I hadn't seen that in know, a week or so. We were not the only ones working today. That's awesome. Glad. Hope they figured yeah. out all those buttons. Welcome back. <laughs> Hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Till tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug Door Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players. That is, until they don't. When it comes to finger pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.